injured in a car accident? It's about money. Your money. Your settlement. We cap attorney's fees at 30% of the first million. Any recovery above that is all yours. No recovery? You pay no fees or costs. We strive to get you more at LawyerUp904.com. Hey, welcome in. Glad you're along for the ride with Hayes Carlion, Lauren Brooks, and Andrew Gibson. I'm Frank Frangie. Mm. Y'all hungry? Yes, absolutely. You hungry? I've been hungry since yesterday. Gibby, you have the chance now, the floor, to defend yourself. <laughs> it's all yours. Yes. The floor belongs to Andrew Gibson out of Appalachian State University. I still would have taken a kicker, number one. Um, I took Robbie Gold. I was a, um, unfortunately, I was a byproduct of the 49ers disaster at quarterback. <laughs> Lauren said, uh, thank you when I brought in the food today. And I said, no, thank Brock Purdy's shredded elbow. Uh, for that, and look, ho- hopefully he trains with Denny and those guys. Hopefully Brock's going to be okay. But uh, that was really, really tough because that happened. You guys saw the game, but it happened on the first drive of the game for San Francisco. And when you have a quarterback that cannot throw the ball, that hurts your kicker's chances of getting anywhere in field goal range. And so your kicker gets one point, and Frank, as we talked about off the air, you're dead. Yeah, I, 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 as we talked about this yesterday too, Gary. Um, yeah. Uh, Brock Purdy's injury hurt me with Debo, hurt Lauren with Kittle, but walloped you. You can't, you can't get, you get one point from your kicker. You know what you're doing? You head to bonus. I mean, that, yeah, that, and it was one point. Rule of thumb in, in lost life. by one. Let yeah. me give you a rule of thumb in life, Carline. You get one point for your kicker. You know where you're going? Bonus. That's pretty much what's happening. Probably. Yeah. Kickers yeah. can be tricky though. Yeah, like it. That's the thing. Like, you know, it's it's if if you're you know if your team scores 21. Which is a pretty good offensive day, right? That's three points. If if you know what I mean, so yeah. it's like they're real. They fluctuate a lot. Three in in this particular bet, three of them did pretty well. Right. One of them didn't do well, and it certainly decided the bet. I had myself thinking when the game ended and Gibby had one point from the kicker. <laughs> I pretty much had myself decide. I pretty much figured out in my mind who I thought was going to a bonus. That I, I, even before you didn't know, correct, barring Kelsey having like two touchdowns. Yeah, because you figured yeah. Kelsey was going to score a touchdown, which he did. But you didn't. But I. But it's unlikely that a guy scores twice. He, I mean, did against the Jags, but it's unlikely a guy scored. And Miles Sanders did. So there the you go. thing that I still can't get over is how none of our third round picks scored. Scored a point. Yeah, like that is. Yeah, yeah that's crazy. Really, and we, really, and we, and we probably all considered Miles Sanders in the third round. Right, we probably ran through all. Th- probably ran through all four of our minds. Yeah, it did. I'll, I'll, I'll bet you. I thought about this. I thought about this. And Gibby did go Eagles there, yeah. but he went with AJ Brown. Brown. And they didn't yeah. need him. But, but when Sanders scored, my first thought was, I almost picked him instead of Debo, and I said, you know what? I'll bet all the other three are saying the same thing. I almost picked him instead of whoever you took third, right? Because right? the kickers were gone, you know, and the high scores were gone. So, uh, so the anyway. thing that killed me too was. The two playoff games that Robbie Gold had, four for four in both games. Oh, I know. You picked the right guy. I and mean, he was on fire. Eight for eight in the playoffs. I, I thought so. So here's how Loser Monday looks. If you want standings, I love standings. Kind of a standings guy. Uh, Reimer with one. Hayes Is he and, still alive? We haven't seen him in a long time. Hayes and I both lost twice. So we were safe. Andrew Gibson and Lauren Brooks both have five losses. So that's a tie. I mean, this yeah. is big news. This is going to lead Fox News, MSNBC, absolutely, CNN. There's a lot of speculation. All, what all, What is the tiebreaker yeah. going to be? And so Gibby lost the Sweet 16, NBA, U.S. Open, the Bulls, and of course the championship games. Lauren lost the Masters, the Draft, PGA, the British. Did not do a good in golf. Did not do on golf and conference quarterback. So they both lost five times. So that there's, is atrocious. There's no hat yet though. So we so Hayes and I've got to come up with a plan of what you guys can pick and whoever gets the most right. 
And we just haven't figured out what it is. We've got to figure it out. It's got to be most right, doesn't it? So we have to it's, figure it It's got to be uh, something to where yeah. it will be decided that night. Yeah, yeah. It's got to be decided. So there you go. So that's it. So. Sounds like y'all need to spend your weekend together. Oh, we did, the, we, where are we going, Hayes? The lab. We're going to the lab. So we're going to the lab and come up with something. That's what right. we're going to do. Um, I had all kind of fun things. ESPN's got a fun top 50s free agent list. Did you see that? I did. It's a good list. And there's three Jaguars on it. We're going to tell you where that you probably can figure out the three, um, where they are, why they're there, and what the Jaguars should do on this list. Who got your attention? We'll certainly go through it because it's kind of a cool list. We're going to talk about that. I'm going to make a proclamation about Gator football. You want that? I'm going to make a procl- Ooh, proclamation. I got a proclamation coming later on in the program about Gator football. Certainly going to talk about that coming up. Um, uh, we're going to look further into the Super Bowls a couple weeks out or a week and a half out, but, um, uh, what it takes to be one of these great quarterbacks. I, I saw something great today that really got my attention, so we're certainly going to get to that coming up today as well. Phil Mickelson today said he's in fi- he's fit, he's in great shape, and he expects a big year, bounce-back year. Okay. Will anybody notice? I guess that's the question. Not on that tour. Because they're not going to notice on the live tour, yeah, and so. I don't sense he's in play in the majors. Do you? He could be. I mean, I, I don't know. I'd have to look at the venues. Uh, but certainly, he's always going to be a threat at Augusta National because he just knows how to play the course. Uh, so he could possibly, if he's in his top form, he could contend at the Masters. Uh, and then depending on where – he's not going to probably contend. I know he's won here, but he's always said that he doesn't love the course. Right. So I'd be surprised. Well, he's not definitely not playing here. What am I talking about? So – I. I'd have to see where the U.S. Open, the British, and the PGA are this year. If they're at venues that suits him, then there is a chance. The U.S. Open, and I would think, is probably going to be the toughest. But, you know, if, if the British Open is being played at a course that Phil likes, I mean, he, he's not that far removed from uh, winning that event. And with another performance against Stenson, where he absolutely could have won the event, it was basically those two guys – the entire weekend and Stenson just played a, a little bit more brilliantly. So I'm not willing to say Phil is, can't be a factor, but he could win five events on the live tour and it's not going to matter. Yeah. Good for him. He's in shape, but no, we're not going to be talking about Phil Mickelson in 2023. Yeah, and I, and I find myself wondering um, what, not only that, but, but if this, if he stays in live and, and I don't know, I, I'm interested to see how golf remembers him. Golf, golf has a romantic way of remembering people. You know that? I mean, it doesn't have to be just Nicholas and Palmer and Tiger. Golf remembers Tom Watson and Lee Trevino in a very romantic way. Fred Couples, right? Greg Norman for a while. Um, I wonder how this affects how golf, how golf fans remember Mickelson. And, and, and here's a part of that, too. I don't think the whole – I don't think the acrimony between Phil and – and the other players in Live and PGA's played out yet. Don't you sense there's more chapters coming up to that? No doubt about it because, I mean, they've got a – they're in the middle of a lawsuit. So we all know the legal process takes time. So, yeah, this 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 controversy is going to be here for, I think, at least two more years, if not longer. Yeah, we are in, I think, chapter two of a book. Yeah, And I'm hoping, correct. obviously, me being anti-Live, I'm hoping that that book uh, ends with Live – going up in flames in a couple of years. Yeah, but, but it's really interesting. Even people like us, not just the golfers. Again, I wasn't anti-USFL. I wasn't anti-old ABA. I wasn't anti-World Football League or XFL. I chuckled at some of them because some that tried to do it didn't do it very well. 
Yeah, they all come to an end. But I wasn't. But I wasn't angry with any of them. Sure. We're all. It, it's it's a weird dynamic. It, it really is. And how Phil Mickelson re- remembered will be a will be a kind of part of that. And same thing too with uh, to a, maybe a lesser extent Bubba Watson because Bubba Watson's on the live tour and he's just now coming back. He had knee yeah. surgery. You know what's funny about that, Gibby? You, and you're right. There's a number of guys that are on the live tour, but even though Norman's the commissioner of sorts, the Phil's looked at as sort of the face of it. Oh yeah, he he's he's. It, it's almost like if they didn't get Phil, they couldn't have gone there. Don't you sense that? Well, Phil was yes because Phil trashed the PGA Tour right. in defending his decision well, on his way to go to live. So that's what you know. I I think established him as sort of the, yeah. the biggest the heavy live champion and yeah. certainly the yeah. heavy. So, so it's a lot to talk about today. We'll get to all that coming up. I've got a Gator football proclamation coming up. Uh, we're going to talk top fifty free agents. Which Jags are on it? Which who should the Jags pursue in addition to the three that are on it that we all think they should pursue? All that coming up, some golf talk, some college football. We're loaded up. Glad you're with us uh, on this uh, Tuesday installment of the program. We always want to thank our friends from the Nimnick family of dealerships. Nimnick Chevrolet is on Castet. Nimnick Buick GMC is located on Phillips Highway. The best place to get an automobile, I promise you, is at my friends at Nimnick. Back in a moment to talk free agency. Stay with us. Hey, we're glad you're with us along with Hayes Carlyle and Lauren Brooks and Andrew Gibson. I'm Frank Frangie as we... Embark on a Nimnik Tuesday, the best car dealership around, my friends, from the Nimnik family of dealership. So there is a list out there. What did you think of the first of all, what did you think of the free agent list? Do you think they got it right? That was ESPN? a good list. Yeah, I mean I, I thought it was uh it's a good list. I'm uh glad that the Jaguars, you know, don't have a hundred million dollars to spend because I, I don't think it's a particularly strong list. Yeah, but Pris- Prisco said it's bad. He, he in his in his uh Always shy words, bad list. Yeah, bad, bad list in that bad there's class. bad class. Yeah, that and I would agree because I mean, again, I don't think it's a great class now, and a lot of these guys aren't going to hit the market. So, um, yeah, it's I'm glad the Jaguars are in a position of, re, you know, retention in terms of talent instead of acquisition of new talent because I think there's going to be some really bad contracts handed out. One guy we talked about yesterday, Deron Payne, finds himself fourth on that list. No surprise, based off of the season that he had this year with 11 and a half sacks, and he's also just 26 years old. So if the Jaguars were able to find some money, that would be a guy I think that could really help their defensive line. I totally agree with you. I totally, and we'll get to which guys they should go after in a minute. The, the Jaguars on the list. Jawan Taylor, 15th on the list. He'll be 25 entering, his, uh, entering the 23 season, which is really young. Evan Ingram, 29th on the list, and he's 29 going into the season. And Arden Key is 47th on the list, so he made the top 50. He'll be 27 going into the season. Did they? Are you surprised where they landed, or did they land about where you might have thought? I think that's about right. You know, I think Jawan Taylor deserves to be, you know, somewhere in that top 15. And obviously, if if he hits the market by the time we get there, he'll be higher than that. Uh, <coughs> Hopefully that doesn't happen. Hopefully he agrees to an extension with the Jaguars before it gets to that point. Um, but yeah, I, I think that makes a lot of sense for Jawan Taylor. I uh, had a, I think a, a really strong year. The uh, experience and age is about as good as you can get, and it's a position that's at a premium. So it uh, makes sense to have Jawan there. I think you know Ingram is is probably a little lower than what you know I would where I would have him. Um, I mean, I'd rather have Evan Ingram than Jacoby Myers, yeah. and they've got Jacoby Myers 21st on this list. Yeah. Now they're a different guy, different position, but, um, you know, so, yeah, I mean, I think it's a, it's probably a little low uh, uh, for Ingram, but, uh, you know, it's 
you know, it's he'd be top. I think he should be somewhere in like the top twenty. There's clear if you look at this list. There's a clear premium on age. You know, sure. yeah. the thirties and the thirty plus guys, or even Evan, a twenty nine plus guy, were way lower than the twenty five to twenty six, which you would expect, by the way. But there, there was a real premium on age. So, uh, so again, Taylor fifteenth, Ingram twenty ninth, Arden Key forty seventh. Those are the three Jags that made the list. And what you know by now, if you've been paying attention to press conferences and our narratives, that it looks like the Jags. We think the Jags would love to resign all of them. We we know Ingram. I can tell you, I've been told how hard they're going to try and resign Juwan Taylor. I haven't had a lot of conversations about Arden Key with with folks of significance, but I would think he's going to be in play at the right price. I, I again, I think his pass rushers go. He's going to be somewhat affordable. I just I just think that he is. So I think they're going to try and sign all those guys. Having said that, let's go through the list: Lamar Jackson one, Orlando Brown, the offensive tackle two, Javon Hargraves, a thirty year old defensive tackle. Lauren, you made the first point. I agree with you. Darren Payne or Duran? Is it Darren or Duran? But uh, uh, I think it's Duran. Duran Payne, uh, the defensive tackle from the Commanders is only 26 years old, and he is an interior star, 11 and a half sacks for a tackle. And he's, they don't bounce him outside, and he's a tackle. Uh, I agree with Lauren. I think he's – of the guys on the list, if you had the money to pay, he'd be high on the list. Sure, but, I mean, why would Washington let him get out of there? Right. You know, so, I mean, and, the, and the odds that – said that. A lot Payne, of these guys are going to get re-signed. Yeah. These I are mean, free agents as of today. I mean, Washington is certainly not the model of competency <laughs> – but to suggest that you know they're going to let a 26-year-old defensive tackle that just you know had the year he had go away, I mean, again, they're not paying a quarterback big money. Uh, they've got some some you know some decent contracts, but nothing that should prevent them from uh, tagging Payne at the very least. Anybody else grab you on this list? Do you like to see that the, 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 the Jags don't have now? Anybody? I got to tell you, because I, I think as you look at this, you're looking at. You have to look at the take the top twenty five guys out because they're just not going to have I don't think the money uh, to to really go after anybody that's higher than that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because I think you know they're probably going to sign Ingram and Taylor and then possibly Key. I certainly think they're going to sign two of the three, if not all three. I'll be shocked if only one of the three return. Uh, so I'm not expecting that they're going to have a ton of money. So for me, I'm looking at more the. Uh, the bargain guys, you know, right. that I would say outside the top 25 on this list. Okay. I got to say, I know people aren't going to like this. I'd bring back Ngakwe. If, if I could get Yannick Ngakwe for two years, $10 million, I don't know what he's going to be looking for. Um, boy, I think he would be fantastic for what this team needs because you don't need him to play the run. And I think the league is figured out as he goes into what will be his year 28. He can't play the run at all. So I think, and, and I think his camp is even somewhat cognizant of that. So he's never going to get paid as an all around defensive end. He is a specialty player, but that specialty is gold. I mean, if you put Ngakwe on the Jaguars again and he's able to come in in obvious passing situations, play about 25 snaps a game, and all you're asking of him is to get after the quarterback. I mean, this is a kid that's, that's got 65 career sacks. I know it didn't end well here, and, and that's something that you know, the Khan family is going to have to discuss and, and see if, you know, what, what, where, where they're willing you know, to, to work and if this is a player they're willing to, to work again with. I mean, they had 
let Urban Meyer bring Carlos Hyde back. So, uh, you know, it seems like they, you know, they're willing to let bygones be bygones. But if if the if the relationship can be repaired or has been repaired, I mean, if I can get a 28 year old that's got 65 career sacks and I know what he can do, I've seen him do it here. And I don't care if he ever makes a tackle in the run game. I'm not going to ask him to do that. Man, I think he could be really sensational for this version of the Jaguars. Yeah, I don't. I think most people would actually, most Jaguars fans would like him to return as long as they know that he's walking into the situation, maybe coming in with a different attitude than he once had, not expecting to be the highest paid defensive end in, in the land and all those kinds of things, and knowing his role here. I think he could, yeah, make an impact, especially when we keep talking about the lack of pass rush. What about number 43 on this list, Miles Sanders, the running back who we just talked about who scored twice in the NFC Championship? Yeah, yeah. My guess, I think he's a good player. My guess is running back will come from the draft because the running back you get is not likely to be your starter, and I wouldn't think they would go sign a non-starter in free agency with limited dollars. I like him, though. I like him as a player. But he probably wouldn't be on my list. You like him? Would you? Would you you'd consider him? I think he'd be great, and yeah, he's not going to start. But I think Etienne might have gotten the ball too many times this season. I agree with that because we had remember yeah. James Robinson to start the season. I think that was a better balance. They they need another back in whom they've got great confidence. Now they tried to they tried to develop confidence in Jamichael Hasty, and I think they did. He played okay. He's a guy who's very fast. They liked. But I think there's another guy. They, I can see them wanting another back in whom they've got a lot of confidence. Well, he's got running backs really low on this list. Yeah. And, he, I mean, even Josh Jacobs, who's a really good player, was 17th on the list. Yeah, which was surprising with the year yeah. he had. I just think it's such a deep position this yeah. year. And, and, again, they're just yeah. not – you know, a lot of times those are, those are going to be contracts you regret because yeah. they age so quickly at that position. I, I'll tell you a guy that I would love to see at running back who, again, this is going right. to be – a really inexpensive player, I would think, uh, is uh, Sam J. Pirine for Cincinnati. Yeah. He is starting to kind of eclipse Mixon a little bit there, but Mixon's on right. a big deal. So I don't know that Cincinnati is going to be able to resign uh, Pirine, and I don't know that, that they're going to cut Mixon. Right. Uh, if Pirine hits the market, he's, he's not a star, but he is a quality backup player that you can probably get uh, for a reasonable amount of money and is somebody that you could absolutely have him be your back. You know, when you get between the 40, right. uh, you know, bring in P. Ryan, you get into the goal line, bring yeah. in P. Ryan. I think he'd work really well with ETN. ETN would still be the star, still be the guy that you're expecting to go get the 1,400 yards of offense. But, you know, P. Ryan can be a guy that can get you about 500 and and there isn't a big drop off when when he's in. I think he's going to try and find a way to start, um, but we'll see. I, again, I still my guess is the running back the the, the running back room will get filled with the draft. Uh, but both your comments make some sense. By the way, I cannot confirm or deny knowing that you had Mixon in the loser Monday. I cannot confirm or deny when they dumped it to him and he ran it to the two. I know to the two, knocked yeah. out about to the two. I can't tell you, Lauren, whether or not I chuckled. When he jogged to the sideline from right. the two yard line, yeah. it was a, it was a. If I'm being honest, it might have been a good little chuckle. It yeah. might, it wasn't an outright guffaw, right? But it was between chuckle and yeah. laugh. It was right in there somewhere because he because he knocked. I said, "Don't get in there," and he knocked him out of the tube and then ran out of the game. Yeah, I was. Uh, that's, that's where I was. I was, I was for annoyed. Mixon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my my one opportunity at a field goal 
was when uh, Christian McCaffrey, the touchdown that he scored, oh. I thought he was down yeah. for a second. So did the in- yeah. entire planet. Yeah. Yeah, they, he broke about 87 tackles on that did. play, just so you know. I was very happy. I way. thought Jamar Chase earned a touchdown when he caught that long <laughs> ball. I thought, well, for sure you need to give it to him uh, in the end yeah. zone. They took him out then, too. That's, that's funny. Um, let me give you guys on the list to have my attention. I will love Deron Payne. Uh, I don't think they can. I don't think they can pay Deron Payne. He's going to be make a lot of money. They don't have that kind of money. Um, Come chase a ring, Deron. You're not going to win one in Washington. By the way, how can yeah. you possibly have Geno Smith fifth on this yeah, list? Yeah, the list doesn't make any sense. I mean, because there's he, no quarterbacks is why they do yeah, that. I, well, yeah. I think he's got him ahead of Brady. Yeah, yeah. Well, he, he, does. he does. He does. Okay. Well, I mean, that's, that's just. Ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, you know what? good point. Th- he'll be lucky if the football gods don't strike him with lightning <laughs> for writing that. <laughs> I mean, well, I talked about premium, the premium on age. Yeah, that's I get it. I'd rather have three <laughs> yeah. games of Tom Brady yeah, I would too. than three years yeah, of Geno Smith. And he, and he did a nice yeah, job this yeah, year yeah, for yeah. Geno right, Smith. Right. But let's not suggest yeah. that Geno Smith is going to come in and yeah. save yeah. some franchise. Guys that had my, that's a great point. Deron Payne can't pay him. Marcus Bradbury, or James Bradbury, rather, at 13, yep. I think it's a pretty good cover corner, a little older guy. He had my attention. Marcus Davenport, did you ask about him the other day? Somebody did. I did. Um, the more I think about him, he had my attention as a guy. Cam Sutton, who's at 28th on this list, who I think you could afford. He's a pretty good cornerback. I got to be honest with you. Uh, if you're talking cornerbacks, I would think long and hard about one. Uh, is Patrick Peterson at 33 going to command money at 33 years old? I wouldn't think a ton. Yeah, you wouldn't think. I, I, w- I would. The two old guys that I would really consider, if it was me, I would consider Brandon Graham, who's going to be 35. Because all you want, to, to your point about Ngakwe, all you want him to do is rush the passer. Right. You, you don't want anything else. But he'll I'll, probably stay in Philadelphia. You would, what think. I would think. Yeah, yeah, a lot of these guys are going to stay where they are. They're, they're free agents. But, but I'm especially about, when they're with a winning yeah. organization. Cool. But guys are on guys who are right, and I don't pretend to know everybody else's cap situation, but guys who are on the list today. Um, Graham would interest me. Patrick Peterson at 35 would interest me. Peterson's slower, though, and so the, I don't yeah. know that they would want that. Good point, good point, because they, they really have drafted young, and they have acquired young in speed. I agree yeah. with you. And, and that's what's going to be tricky is they try to figure that corner position out. So you've got Tyson Campbell, who you think it could be a star. You're paying Darius Williams $12 million yeah, He's your other outside corner. He's, and you can't get out of it. That's right. That's yeah. right. It's not like you can release him and, and save $10 and, million. And I mean, he was okay. He wasn't when – he, yeah. when he moved outside, he was okay. He wasn't yeah. bad. He so, wasn't great. So, so I think yeah. he's going to be the outside you, corner. You would think. I mean, I so. you can't pay a guy $12 million right. to not be right. the outside corner. I, I right. agree. So and then so, what do you do for Nichols? So then I think – Well, no, you could take a – a corner yeah, in free Sutton, agency, but it's going to need to yeah. be a nickel specialist. Yeah. The other guy, and again, you don't know how much money they have, but Isaac Ciamillo, the guard, is a really good player. Now, he's also a guy that's a little older. He's a good player. Now, I don't know if they're going to, if they're, if guard's one of the things they would pursue in free agency, but I still have questions about that left guard spot. Sure. I, I still, Tyler Shatley did a great job this year, but he got exposed a little bit late. Ben Barch is okay. I don't know if he's he's talented. We'll see if the, he's got to make that next step. Uh, but I, but so so for me, Payne, who's unaffordable, Bradbury had my interest because I think there's a corner out there. You guys make a good point about Darius Williams, though. Um, Marcus Davenport. I don't know if the Ngakwe thing could happen. I, I I don't I don't. The good is, on top of all that, he really before the the, the back and forth with with Tony Khan wasn't ever looked at as a bad guy. You know, um, I just that one would. The culture is so good. There's not even any possible distractions. 
that one would feel clunky to me. And, and now, like you said, maybe they all kiss and make up. He's not a bad guy, you know, and maybe they say whatever I tweeted was out of frustration and we still have a great relationship because once you had that, then I think you're okay. But I would wonder if they would go there. And I think Tony would be more than willing to forget about it. Yeah, Tony, you know? yeah, Tony Khan's a good dude. Yeah, right? I, I don't, There's no question about that. I don't think he would be, you know, I don't think it would be something that would still yeah. bother him at all. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, and, and obviously Trent Balky and Doug Peterson, they don't have yeah, right, any yeah. relationship with Ngakwe. So, uh, and there's, I mean, again, who would have even been here right. when Ngakwe was here last other than Shatley, right. who, you know, I mean. I doubt they had any issues. Yeah. yeah so, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, 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 don't, I would think you may be right. they just, could do it, but, but again, you have to really like Ngakwe. You have, uh, it's tough to pay a guy any sort of. Yeah special money above just yeah. like basic, you know, month basic average yeah. salary um, to be so specialized. But again, th- what he does is so just valued yeah, but, that to me, I, I would pay just to have him but, do it. But I would have a question. Why does he never stick? Ah, okay. He doesn't play the run. We, we know, we know the strength and the weaknesses. I get that. But that dude never sticks. That guy, that guy that guy lasted with the lasted five weeks with the Ravens. I mean, yeah, but I think it was because sticks. at the time I think these these teams right after he left the Jaguars believed they could turn him into at least an adequate run defender, and I think once they realized that no, you can't. Uh, and again, uh, Ngakwe when he left here, that was after the what would that have been the twenty nineteen season? Yeah, so. I, I think I think over the course of three years, uh, going on four years, I think there's probably been some realization from Ngakwe's camp of you're never getting paid like that. You just you you're just not an all around end. Now you certainly have a role, and he's going to have a long career. But you know that's that's why I think it didn't work out in Baltimore in in Minnesota. Now. I, you know, he goes to the Raiders for a year, uh, and, you know, puts up 10 sacks and, uh, then he goes to the Colts and, and puts up nine and a half sacks. I mean, yeah, to he, me, he records sacks, but he never sticks. I, I wonder if there's more than we, than we know. And it may not be, I just, it just, I don't know. This is a guy. It's so hard to find pass rushers. This is to your point, a pretty good pass rusher that never sticks. It's just, you know, it's interesting that, that a guy that, that one team wouldn't say, you know what? We know he doesn't replay the run. But he's such a good pass rusher, we're going to find a way to keep him around. Nobody does. But I think it's the dollars that they are then locked into having to play him against the run. Yeah, you're right. Because he signed the two-year $26 million yeah. deal. You know, and so you're right, you're right. The Colts had to then play him uh, both. Yeah, I guess. So if his price tag is dropped. Yeah, so if you, get him, if, you get him, if, you get him as a, if you get his price tag as a specialty player price tag is Correct. your point. Right. Now, I hear you. I, I, I get the logic. I just – my gut tells me – it wouldn't go. I mean, I'd love to have Key and Ngakwe. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But my my gut tells me it's not going to happen. But we don't know. Here's what you do know. To your point, the one thing they desperately need, if there's one Achilles heel, every team's got two or three Achilles heels. They all, and the Kansas City Chiefs might win the Super Bowl, and they've got to fix their run game. No no matter what, they got to fix third and short. No matter what happens in, in Arizona, they're going to go into the offseason somehow, some way, having to fix third and short because it, it was terrible. So – Worst in the league, I think. So, so every team's got an Achilles heel. Clearly, this team's Achilles heel was rushing the passer. There, there's no, 
There's no getting around that. Right. You, and Gokwik would have led this team if he had nine and a half sacks. Right. He would have led the Jaguars in sacks. Yeah, so you have to. So, so maybe that makes it makes you make an exception. We'll see what happens. Interesting stuff. Let's take a break. When we come back, we got a Duval County Scholar Athlete of the Week. That's next. Stay with us. And now this week's Scholar Athlete of the Week. Brought to you by Southeast Orthopedic Specialists and the Plumbers and Pipefitters Local Union 234 on 1010XL. We have Cheyenne Peterson joining us now, a senior at Terry Parker. Congratulations and thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Absolutely. I want to talk all about your academics, all about your athletics. We'll start with your favorite sport, which is? (laughs) Softball. (laughs) And how long have you been playing softball, Cheyenne? I've been playing since my seventh grade year. Um... My stepdad got me into it. My friend, actually, she was like, she dragged me out there. And I was like, I love this. I'm going to keep doing it. I mean, my last year, really sad, but really happy. (laughs) Tell us what you play and uh, tell us a little bit about your softball career. Tell us about softball at Terry Parker. Well, softball at Terry Parker has been a journey because we've gone through four separate coaches our four years of high school. Um, I know me and my friends, we've worked very hard to build the team up. Our sophomore year was the first time we went to districts in 20 years at Terry Parker. So that was very fun. yeah, it's our last year, you know, so we're just having fun this year. We're excited for our season to start. That's awesome. We love hearing the future plans, and uh, yours are incredibly detailed. Can you please share some of, some of it with the listeners that you were telling us in break in terms of college and what you want to do? Absolutely. So right now in high school, I'm an IB student. I'm in the International Baccalaureate Program. Um, with that program, I plan to get the Bright, Fulish, Be- Bright Future Scholarship, which will pay for my four years of college. Because my whole goal in life is debt-free. Um, <laughs> Good goal. Yeah. Absolutely. I plan on going to UNF. I've already been accepted. And I plan on majoring in molecular biochemistry because I want to be a dentist. Um, and then after UNF, obviously, well, when I'm at UNF, I want to do naval ROTC because that's going to help me pursue my goals. Because awesome. after I go to UNF, I'm going to go into the military, preferably through the HPSP scholarship, which will pay completely for my dental school. Then I'll have a guaranteed career. That's pretty awesome. Um, yeah, I'm really, really excited to start that. Like, this is just the first step. I'm so excited. I would say, that's <laughs> phenomenal. I would say she's got a plan. That, oh, that, yeah. That, that, How good awesome. is that? Not to steal your life. How did you decide that you wanted to become an orthodontist? And do you need the braces that you're wearing now? I actually do, yes. Okay, oh, my good. gosh. I've gotten teeth pulled. I've had a lot of mess with these braces. But um, I'm paying for my braces because I want to know what it's like. It's good to know, like, experience what mm-hmm. you want to go into. Um, I decided on orthodontics because I've just always been fascinated with teeth. I love people's smiles. I love all smiles. I think they're all super cool. And I think teeth are just fascinating in general. They're bones connected to your head. That's so cool. (laughs) (laughs) I've certainly never thought about it like that. When I had braces, it was very painful. I couldn't wait to get them off. Yeah, I I, I took a bad hop one time with braces, so I I didn't want to go be an orthodontist. But but that's really cool. Talk about some of the things you, you do. You're involved in student government. You're vice president. Uh, what is that like? What, what is the, there's a leadership role there, right? It's very fun. It is a leadership role because I have a lot of say in what we do, which is also really fun because I like to incorporate what everybody else wants because we haven't really gotten that a lot at our school. So it's nice to do things that all of the other seniors, all of the other students want to do. I know we have a pep rally coming up, which is really fun. Um, we've got some other events for senior class coming up, which is also really fun, like some student faculty games, just to get everybody involved, because I'm very big on school spirit. I love school spirit. Um, I'm also in the NHS, um, the National Honor Society. I'm, what else am I? What do I do with my life? <laughs> sounds like you do a lot with your life. It sounds oh, yeah. like in the band, right? Yeah, I play flute, but I stop because it's like really hard with my braces. Yeah. But I'm going to get around to it. I am. Um, 
Yeah, all I like being fun, involved. All kind of fun stuff. You oh, seem yeah. like so wise beyond your years. Who do you credit <laughs> for giving you this kind of unique perspective? Oh, definitely my mom, because since I was little, um, it's always been, I'm not going to be there at school for you, so you're going to have to figure it out. Even when I was in, like, kindergarten, it's always like, you know, figure it out, figure it out. And when you're little, you're like, oh, this sucks. Why is she helping me? She's supposed to be my mom. <laughs> but as I grew older, I was like, I really appreciate that because there's a lot of things I know that I can just, I can do on my own. Like, everything that I think that I can do, I, I, I'm, I'm sure that I can do it because of my mom. Because I'm like, she, she puts the idea that anything that you set your mind to, you can do it. And I live by that every day. <laughs> I think that's great. Independence, you know, at a young age is really important, especially for females. Yes, ma'am. Cheyenne, as far as how do you balance your time as far as academics and athletics? Oh, yeah. It's it's hard. I'm not going to say it's not hard. I mean, IB is a rigorous program. It's very mm-hmm. rigorous. Like, there's a lot of things that we have to do on our own. There's a lot of hours of studying and work that go into it. But I refuse to let I refuse to let it stop me from doing the things I love. I won't give up the things I love um, and burn myself out. Like, you know, I... I have a study schedule. Like I have, I have like seventeen thousand alarms. I live by my alarms. Alarm, <laughs> um, yeah. Because I'm like, I'm gonna make time for softball because that's something that I love mm-hmm. to do. And my academics are my life. They are. They come first and everything. I'm a student before I'm an athlete. Um, but yeah, I just I follow my alarms and I'm doing okay with it. So it's working. <laughs> Great. Well, Cheyenne, I can tell you this. I think. In your very short career as an orthodontist, you're going to do well before you become president. Okay, thank you, thank you. You are a star. Thank you for coming by, and congratulations. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, Cheyenne Peterson, our Duval County Scholar uh, Athlete of the Week, and she's going to wind up uh, doing all kind of fun things, uh, uh, including being an orthodontist and and a whole lot more. So uh, congratulations to Cheyenne Peterson from Terry Parker High School, our Duval County Scholar uh, Athlete of the uh, Week. And I'm voting for her. Yeah, okay. what a delight! When, yeah, oh my God, was she fantastic? Oh. When she becomes president, I'm going to be like, I want to be on the cabinet or somewhere thereabouts. We didn't even talk to her about volleyball. She was also the MVP in volleyball, oh, right? So right. everything yeah. she does uh, turns to gold. Yeah, what a what a what a bright person! What a great great having her in. So we certainly do appreciate that. So all right, I want to wrap up some thoughts on the Jags. We're going to get to some. Uh, I got a proclamation coming at four o'clock. In the four Love o'clock proclamation. Are you going to like Tuesday. hammer it up on the wall? We'll just do it. Maybe, like, maybe, <laughs> maybe. Okay, like Moses sur- hammered it. It's, into it's the a stone. surprise proclamation. But if I told you I was hammering it, it wouldn't be a surprise. <laughs> anymore so don't so don't ever forget that all right so this free agent thing is it a failure if they don't sign one of the two guys mike DeRocco and i and i were talking he's doing some stuff with, with channel four as i am he thinks it's 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 failed free failed off season if ingram's not on the team agree uh no i can't say that i mean so so that means that you're getting Jawan taylor arden key and you know maybe one in of all the- likelihood I I think it'd be hard to call that a failure. I mean, if you get if they retain two of those three, I I, I think that would be a pretty good job. I would say it would be a failure to not have Ingram because of the chemistry that he and Trevor Lawrence developed. I don't know that you can find a tight end as good as him in the draft, and and rookie tight ends it feels like usually aren't as good as the ones who have been around for a while. I, I agree with Drock. Yeah, I uh, I do too. It's almost a moot point. I, I will say this. I don't think there's any chance, any chance that he's not on the team. Now, it might take the tag, but in this day and age, we, we watch enough games. Every team of significance has a fast tight end that linebackers can't run with. It, it's almost, I mean, Hayden Hurst impacted that game. We saw how Travis Kelsey impacted that game. Dallas Goddard, all the teams playing this weekend, George Kittle, the four teams that played this weekend had, had impact fast tight ends. Uh, the Jags were eliminated one weekend before. And let's be honest, 
they're not there without Evan Ingram. They're not there without some other guys too, obviously. I think I think that is such an important position because teams have not yet figured out what to do. Teams have not yet figured there's other things you figured out how to stop the great receiver. You just better have a great corner and impress him and travel with him and right. I mean, it may not happen, but you know how to do it. You know how to stop the great quarterbacks if you can somehow get to them. But but, but there's nobody's figured out quite how. Nobody's yet figured out how to cover that tight end. There's a, who can cover him? Jalen Ramsey, but you're not going to use him to cover him because he's got to cover the guy outside. But I mean, realistically, who can cover the fast 245, 250 pound tight end? There's nobody. No one effectively. There, no, now, no one that's going to dominate yeah, that I, matchup. I mean, there's, there's a handful of safeties in the history of the league, Ronnie Lott and Troy Palomalo and Adrian Wilson that were freaks that maybe helped it a little bit. And even even them in today's game, I don't yeah, know if they, they could do it. They didn't see what they see today. Correct. I totally yeah. agree with that. So I, I They're trying to develop, I guess, the weak side linebacker position to be able to do it. That, that, you know what? Strong safety or the will linebacker have the best crack at it, don't they? they, they I, I would agree. With you. Those are the two guys. That's the two positions, but to find a will linebacker that's that fast or a strong safety that can handle the physicality, I mean, what strong safety is going to out-jump Gronk or, or, or Kelsey? You know, it's just it's – so so that position is so – and we – I got to tell you, calling these Jags games for nine years, following the Jags for all 27 years, now 28 years, we never saw that. You know, we never saw that. Mercedes Lewis had a nice career. He's a big, tough, physical guy. He was a great Jaguar. Kyle Brady was a big physical guy. It was a really good Jaguar for the period he was here. Pete Mitchell was a wonderful pass catcher before the team had really developed. But we never saw this. We've seen other teams do it. We've seen other teams do it to the Jaguars. But we've never seen the, 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 the Heath Miller. We've never seen the guy that you know is going to catch seven balls for 112 almost every game against you. Well, now the Jags have that guy. you know, And so um, – I don't think there's any way you can let him get away. I, again, I won't say epic fail because I don't think there's any way it happened. I, I don't think there's any possibility, any possibility. There's, there's always the possibility that if you do tag a player, he's not going to like it. But I, I don't think – I think Evan, to see the emotion on his face and in his voice when he talked about what – I think he said it. He sort of had lost his zeal for the game. He st- there, there was a – he was resigned to – you know, this NFL thing didn't turn out the way I thought. He, he, you almost saw the resignation in his face and in his voice when he kind of said, yeah, you know what, it is what it is. I loved my time at Ole Miss, loved being drafted by the Giants, had some big games, but it never really became special. And he came here and it did, and it's going to continue to. So even if he, between the conversations between him and the team and his agent and, 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 and Trent and all, when it all comes down – I think he's going to be very happy to run it out in that number 17 next year for the Jaguars, no matter how, how that manifests itself. And I think somehow, some way it will. Well, you certainly hope they don't have to use the franchise tag because they are cap strapped. Like we've talked about for the last couple of yeah, weeks. You want to amortize those dollars if, if at all possible. And it, to me, it seems like he's the guy who is going to stay here no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think so. So, so we'll see. It's going to be interesting to see. We'll take a break. Let's talk some Gator football after this. Stay with us. Frank Franchise, Carlion. Lauren Brooks, Andrew Gibson. Today's 1010 Take is brought to you by Batteries Plus. Power it, light it, fix it. Eight Jacksonville area locations. The Florida Gator football team will win the East in the next three years. Will win the SEC within the next five. Write it down. (laughs) Write it down. See about that, Brooks. 
Well, the East disbands after next year, but oh, that's right. Good point. Um, All right, let me start. But I'm with you. I'm trying to be with you. Dang it, Hayes okay. is just giggling like a schoolgirl. How about we'll win the SEC in the next five years? Okay. Texas and Oklahoma included. Wow. Okay. Texas and Oklahoma. I, I, <laughs> I, I forgot about the East. But the, uh, it's okay. The uh, well, Maybe they won't you. lose the East in the next two years. There we go. But the, they will win the SEC in the next five years. That is a bold proclamation. I mean, five years is a long time, so that's not quite as comical to me than them winning like well then in the next three they will be competitive with everybody within the next three years everybody alabama georgia lsu any of them because you're right because five years down nearly as bold i'm trying to go bold here stay with yeah, me here, okay okay in um, three years they're gonna be really good like really good like like an elite football team in three years i can see the path to that the way that he's recruited um i'd still put the probability of that Okay. At 30%. Okay, I'm, I'll say elite football program in three years, being that there's no more East <laughs> that I kind of forgot about. But the, uh, elite football program within three years, in the, within the next three football seasons, meaning, not meaning next, by the end of 2025, the, the, they're competing for the SEC. That's correct. Yeah. They, by the end of 2025, they will be a top 10 team and a team that is in the hunt to win the Southeastern Conference. And, and, then, they, and, and by 27, they will have won one, if not more. Billy Napier is the head football coach or is not, or that doesn't matter? He's a head coach. No, no, okay. it matters. He's a head coach. Okay. I like the proclamation. Like it. I would not place my bet on that. Yeah, I don't know that I'm betting money on it. <laughs> I don't know that I'm going to bet my mortgage on it, but I'm, I'm, right. I'm, they but I are, like it. They're coming. That's the point. You don't think so. I think he, they're, they're coming. They're coming in terms of their talent is going to be, if this class, in the 2024 class, which has four commitments, Right now has the highest average of anyone in the country, so he's only he only has four commitments. There's others that have nine. FSU's doing very well. Georgia's doing great again. They're one, um, but they've got like nine commitments. So Florida only has four, but of those four, they are all excellent prospects. So and again, I liked what he did with this past class in terms of had to have a lot of impact defensive linemen had to have a lot of impactful defensive backs, had to have a lot of impactful receivers. The two things. And he did that. Volume of D linemen and fast receivers. Right. Okay. The, the size of the offensive linemen. And the linemen, secondary had right. to be revamped. The size of the offensive linemen he's getting, portal or otherwise. The number of D line, which you have to have. The faster receivers, which is where the game's gone now. Look at Alabama. He, I'm telling you he's going to do it. Mark, write it down. Write it down. I'm within writing the, it down. They'll be elite within the on next both years. Uh, pads here. <laughs> the uh, I was I told Hicken this today on the podcast, and I and we this has happened, obviously, but it it, it was right in front of our eyes. And I don't think we really reached realized it as much as we did. The greatest evidence that all you all that I, I hate to say this I hate to say this X's and O's guys and coaching guys and 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 I hate to say this but I think they're I think they're all pretty good at that part in college football. I don't think there's any more coaches who don't know how to teach. I don't think there's any more wide receiver coaches who don't know how to teach route running. I don't think there's any more offensive line coaches. I would say some are better than others that don't know how to, to, to set and punch. Okay, It's all about how many good players, how many elite players you get. And the obvious, obvious answer, two years ago, Georgia won the national championship. First one it had won in 40 years. The whole team went to the NFL. The whole flipping team. 
went to the NFL, didn't they? I mean, I mean, I, how many guys could you have named that were back? Stetson Bennett, Nicobe Dean, who else? Honestly, before the season. Jalen Carter. Probably no, Jalen Carter. Nolan Smith, but yeah, he but, got hurt. But not many, right? Yeah. Or did I get Dean? Was Dean gone and Smith no, back? Dean was Bowers. gone. Yeah, so, yeah, so I, I met Nolan. Eagles and I had him. Yeah, I met Bowers. Nolan Smith. Not many. Yeah. Okay. The whole team went. 15 players were drafted. Okay. Fifth, 15 players drafted. And how many left and got free agents or whatever, portals or whatever? They lost their team. And they came back and won the damn thing again. And, and won it 65-7. to seven. Okay, and, so, and didn't lose a game. And didn't lose a game. I mean, the whole team left. They left town. They got in buses. They got in cars. They, they got in planes. They left. They were gone. And the next team won it again. I mean, I'm trying to think how often that's ever. Alabama's had some runs like that. I mean, Florida won back-to-back national titles in basketball with the same team. Right. All the same guys. This was a whole new team of critical guys. Now, the quarterback was back. Okay. The quarterback that nobody thought was good, by the way. But the quarterback, but the running backs, the linebackers, the offensive linemen, the defensive linemen, those, and not only lost guys, but lost guys, those critical line spots. So that's how you win it. That's my take. And I'm telling you, I think Florida's going to recruit that way. Now, I also think Georgia's going to continue to recruit that way. That's the problem. And I think Alabama's going to recruit that way. Yep. And for all I know, Tennessee and Oklahoma and Texas and FSU may recruit that way too. But I'm pretty convinced Billy Napier's going to build that. I am pretty convinced watching him watching him go about it, you know, fans. And I'm, what I'm not going to be is the guy that indicts every moment. Ah, oh, this happened. Oh, how could the Rashada thing happen? Oh, I can't believe they, they, they lost this guy. Cormani uh, McClain didn't come. Unbelievable. I, I don't care. I think if you're in enough of those guys, enough of them are coming. So they were going to have Rashada. Oh, I didn't get him. Everybody thought they were getting McClain. He didn't get him. If you, if you attack enough of them, you're going to start getting them. So I, I'm, I'm ser- very serious about this. I'll bet you they have an Alabama-Georgia-like, Clemson-like roster Sooner than people think. And if it's not three years, then it's four years. It's five. But I, but I think it's happening. I can't feel like it's happening other places. I, I think the roster is certainly going to be much better in 2023 than it was in 22. I, I think his recruiting plans are much sounder than anything that Muschamp, McElwain, or Mullen ever had. Uh, Napier is able to target exactly what his program needs, and he's able to go get it. I he does need to do better with the top players in this state and the top players in the country. And we'll see if this class evolves to that again, right now, Florida is eighth in the 2024 rankings, but they've only got four guys. So that's pretty high to be, uh, only have four commitments. DJ Lagway on the 24 seven sports composite is 24th in the nation, five-star quarterback, uh, miles Graham linebacker 30th overall player in the nation. Uh, Adarius Hayes, who they just got an edge player out of Largo, 61st in the nation. And then they have a running back uh, out of uh, North Palm Beach that's a, a four-star, and, and I'd say more towards the back end of a four-star. He's, he's nationally 278 in in the country. So, uh, so you've got four prospects. They're all technically blue chips, but three of the four are really high-level blue chips. And so that's what's going to – carry the day for Napier is can he can he pull in two or three of the top 10 players in this state because he wasn't able to do it uh, in this past class and can he continue to target and get exactly the positions and build the roster not just Hodge Hodge Podgett like Dan Mullen did and I think Jim McElwain did 
He's been the head coach at the University of Florida 14 months in three days. That's it. 14 months in three days since he said yes, since he stood up at that podium at a press conference. In 14 months and three days, he's created more recruiting energy than anybody at that school since Urban Meyer. Almost Ron Zook-like energy, okay, in 14 months and three days. Now, and I think if the team had done better at the end of last year, they would have, they would have landed a handful of the ones they didn't at the end. But I'm not talking about one or two or three guys. I'm talking about big picture. I really believe he. I, I, I in all my heart, I believe it. And all. So I look at the basketball program. Todd Golden. I don't know if he can recruit. I hope he can. You know, I, I have no idea whether or not he can recruit. Mike Norvell, I think, is a really good coach. Better coach than anybody gave him credit for. Understands the portal. Understands player development. Understands how to build a program. I don't know if he can recruit at the high level because he's at a blue blood school. Don't, don't think for a minute FSU's not a blue blood. It's as blue a blood as any of them. But I don't know that I see looking up that he's going to look up in the top three or four in recruiting. He might. You know, I, They're third right now, yeah. but it's very early yeah, yeah. in the twenty. And, and they might. I just yeah. don't know. And they, maybe he can. He, ha- he has not done it until yeah. this class. Yes. This would be the first class so, if, if this holds but, but my he's delivered But it. my sense is Florida is going to have a Georgia, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State-like roster within three, four years. That, that is my opinion of how he will build. That's why he was hired. And now he's got to figure out some coaching things. I, I still would rather them quit freaking play faking down 30. Okay, play, how about just drop back and throw it down 30? I would like them you know? just to not be down 30. Yeah, yeah. I mean, right. I'd yeah. like those well, days well, to be over. Well, that's more about the recruiting. Yeah. The not being down 30 is about the recruiting. The not play faking when you're down 30 is about play, is about play calling. The issue I have with the proclamation is that I think it's going to take three years for Florida's roster to get to where you're talking about. So I don't know that they can win the SEC until the roster has been reloaded because it came from such depths. Yeah, and there's some truth to that. There's some truth to that. And we'll see. We'll see. I, uh, but I just get this feeling. I thought about it, and I'm watching. You know, foot, The NFL's over. We were also locked in on nothing but NFL for a while. We're still locked in on free agency and whatnot. But now we're paying attention to basketball and spring training and pitchers and catchers, and we're talking about golf. And, and so I'm, I'm looking, and it, the vibe is, and I can tell you this, the vibe down there around not just one or two people, the vibe, maybe this wrong, the vibe with Dan Mullen was always, I can outcoach. He can, our guy's going to outcoach your guy. Just like with Spurrier, who also recruited. He did both, by the way. But the guy was always – I'm going to outcoach – my guy can outcoach your guy. Whether it was always true or not, didn't you always feel that way with Mullen? My, my guy's going to outcoach your guy, okay? With, with Urban, you felt like he was this general and because he was this great general and everywhere, everything he touched turned to gold and he was going to be great and this was going to be great. You know, well, I think the vibe down there is this whole player procurement thing, he will be one of the best in school history and one of the best the SEC seen. Hayes, how different would we feel as Gator fans if – Florida was trotting out Sam Hartman for this season, and Jaden Rashada was waiting in the wings. I, I think, I think if it was Sam Hartman, there would be much more confidence in the uh, immediate mm-hmm. for the for the Gators. Uh, Rashada is the further that I think you get removed from it, once you get disconnected from the disappointment of that, uh, it's it's harder and harder to put any of that on Napier because that was clearly, and and again, not that Rashada will be the only one. Uh, because I think, you know, they didn't get Cormani McLean. Well, why didn't they get Cormani McLean? Because it looks like he's going to the highest bidder, and that highest bidder ended up being Colorado. 
um, which really is not in Napier's control unless he's going to willingly break the law. So it's hard to put that on Napier. Um, I think that, but to your point, if it was, okay, you've got Sam Hartman this year, uh, and then you've got uh, a, a young quarterback waiting. I mean, now it's critical they get Lagway. I mean, if Lagway, who who seems 100%, way more all-in on Florida than Rashada ever was. You know, Rashada was always like, yeah, they think they're getting him. Then he committed to Miami. Then, you know, he ended up a few months later committing back to Florida. I mean, he he was – He's he was a free agent, and and that's obviously how his recruitment process has gone. Lagway seems to be absolutely connected to the program, wants to be the ace recruiter, Napier's lieutenant. Uh, you know, in terms of convincing his peers to join him in this class, and so if they lose Lagway, I think it would be way more damaging because he he has been with them from the the outset of this recruiting cycle. I, so yeah, I mean, I, I think that Napier's helped himself. I think recently with the offensive line additions, uh, if he's right about Graham Mertz, he's going to look like a genius. I mean, if Graham Mertz does somehow find his way to a 28 touchdown, seven interception season, I, I mean, Billy Napier is going to look like, I mean, I mean, no one will ever be able to question whatever he does on the portal for a while. Frank's been paying uh, for Denny to train Graham Mertz now for a few weeks out of his pocket. I've I've sold some properties. I've sold some investments. Again, I think a lot of it, too, is is it's not even really anything to do with Napier. It's the road that that he is faced with. Look at the ACC release their schedules yesterday. If you want a good laugh, go look at some of the schedules these ACC teams are playing. If you want a good laugh, look at the schedule George is going to be playing. Billy Napier is going to face three brutal okay. schedules. We're up on a break. I wanna, I wanna, but I'm going to continue this. So I'm going to stay on the same topic. Uh, to continue my point, uh, my proclamation. Damn, did get the East part wrong. But I'm going to continue my proclamation. <laughs> Sorry. And I'm going to make it now. I'm glad you phoned. I would not like 10 minutes later still be talking about they're going to edge Tennessee in the East. They're going to edge Georgia and Tennessee in the East. But, but I'm going to make some further points when we come back. It, it involves DJ Lagway, by the way. Stay with us. Before we get back to Frank's proclamation on Gator football, we do have some news in the NFL realm. The Saints and Broncos just finalized the deal on compensation for Sean Payton to be the head coach of the Broncos. New Orleans gets a first rounder and an early pick, likely a second round pick. They also have to give a pick back to the Broncos. But all in all, Sean Payton will be the new Broncos coach. He will coach Russell Wilson. And Hayes, I find this funny because of the fact that the Broncos owner just flew to Ann Arbor last week to try and get Jim Harbaugh to be his coach. I feel like they did much better with Sean Payton. Yeah, I think this was a, a fantastic move by the Denver Broncos and, and their new ownership group. Uh, it seemed like they were kind of floundering a little bit, treading water with this search, and uh, and they have struck boldly and I think will be richly rewarded for it in the future. Uh, I am fascinated to see what Sean Payton can do with Russell Wilson because that is his quarterback. Uh, There is, I think, very little Denver can do uh, to get out from under Russell Wilson. So, uh, But you have an outstanding young defense. Uh, Certainly there are some pretty attractive weapons to work with in Denver. And, you know, Sean Payton's obviously counting on that – 
Nathaniel Hackett just was lost, and him being lost as a first-time head coach really affected Russell Wilson. Uh, Russell Wilson has a cap hit of $22 million in 2023. The good news is the uh, Broncos, by releasing him, would only take on $107 million in dead money. Oh, my goodness. Um, my goodness. Yeah. Uh, and it doesn't get a whole lot better until you get to 2025 where they could oh. – Get about uh, $6 million in cap savings, uh, taking on $49.6 million in dead money. Well, so well, but they're like, married to Russell Wilson for three yeah. years, and so now Sean Payton has obviously said, I can rescue Russell Wilson and get him back to playing at a star level. And that's why they did it. Because, to your point, they can't get out of Russell. Russell by the way, Russell Wilson's only 34 years old. Okay? He, will be, he, he'll be th- he won't turn 35 until November. So this is not an old – in today's day and age – you know what? I think they felt like this guy had older Drew Brees for a while, who's also about a five foot eleven, really good quarterback. Now you got another five foot eleven, really good quarterback. You got his great coach. So much, to, and we're, we're going to unpack more of this. I want to finish my thought for a moment ago before this news hit, and then we'll get back to this at four forty. I got a thousand thoughts about it, but we don't want to ignore it while it is the news. I'll tell you this. Um, back to the point is, they said very wisely. That's why Lauren they went and talked to Jim Harbaugh. That's why this wasn't going to be a newbie like Nate Hackett or anything. It wasn't going to be a guy that was trying out. This is good. It was going to be a veteran, offensive-minded, quarterback coaching guy. The more I see it, well, if you think about it, in retrospect, if you've got Russell Wilson, who obviously has been great in his career, it's not like he's been up and down. He's been great until all of a sudden struggled mightily the last few years, including the one year in Denver. So you go to talk to Jim Harbaugh. You go to talk to Sean Payton. You go to talk to quarterback guy. And 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 they got him, and Lord knows what they must pay him. Has that been out yet? I, no. I have to think it's around twenty million a year. I'll bet you it's twenty million a year. I'll bet you it's is 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 ridiculous as that sounds. I'll bet you it's twenty million a Probably year. Probably over yeah. seven years. because yeah, Sean Payne's not taking this right based oh, solely yeah. on Russell Wilson yeah. being so, good. I'll bet, so you've got to give yeah. him enough years it's, that if Russell Wilson can't yeah, be saved. Yeah. He is able to as crazy, get out of as that. As crazy as that money sounds, I'll bet you it's that or close to it. Because that because, sounds crazy. Yeah, yeah, but but I'll bet. And whether it's sixteen or twelve, you get the point. It's that kind of money. And, and so, and so no, I, I think it makes. I think it makes all the sense. Of, and I'll give Denver credit; they were an embarrassment. That is a proud franchise. It packs that stadium. And, and and trust me on this. I know enough people from there. Your cousin lives there. Mm-hmm. I know friend. I got friends that live there. I got friends that are from there. With all due respect to the Rockies and the Avalanche, and yes, I know the Avalanche won the damn thing a few years ago. They do not matter. And the Nuggets kind of matter. The Rockies and the Avalanche don't matter. That is a Bronco town. That make no the the drop off from the Broncos to everybody else. The Nuggets because there's a little heritage there. The Avalanche and the Rockies do not matter, and the Rock the 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 Broncos sucking is really bad in that city. It 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 bums out the whole city. It it sucks the life out of that gorgeous part of the country. And so when they when the Walton family bought this thing, they said, "Okay, we got it wrong." Did they hire Hackett or was he no? No, okay, so they inherited Hackett. Correct. Okay. So they said, "Okay, we're we're fixing this. We're fixing this crap. We are the Denver freaking Broncos." We are where John Elway played. This is John Elway's team, and we are fixing him. I give him credit. I, get, I think it is a bold, very good, I'm guessing very expensive move. 
Yeah, I think so. In, in a move that uh, also just happened that affects the Jaguars and the AFC South, the Texans have agreed with D'Amico Ryans, the 49ers defensive coordinator. Love that hire, by the way. They like uh, yeah. their defensive coaches so, in Houston. Yeah, six-year deal. So uh, D'Amico Ryans obviously was seeking, look, you, you fired your last two coaches yeah. after a single season. Right. Uh, so he gets a six-year deal. So uh, the Houston Texans making a big commitment to a first-time rookie head yep. coach yeah and, I, and, I, and honestly I, I, I love that hire as well so so more a lot more about the whole big news of the day sean payton headed to uh denver D'Amico ryan's headed to te- the texas two very good hires i think and the Schefter just reported the compensation is final denver's 2023 first round pick and next year's second round pick goes to the saints for sean payton saints also send back their 2024 third round pick okay. to denver so the big thing is they get a, a one and a two Ultimately, they, they get a one a and a two, and the Saints throw a third back. Yeah, so so a one and a two, so including this year's one, the the one that's coming up in that's a couple right. months, which so, I think they got from the Bradley Chubb deal. I got you. Okay, yeah. so so, so more a whole lot more about the whole Peyton thing. That's a big news in Wilson. But I want to continue the thought I had. I want to go back one last thing to my proclamation, which you said a minute ago is what got me continuing this. They got to get DJ Lagway, Lauren. You asked the question: uh, How different would people feel if it was Sam Hartman? And Rashada were still there. Well, Hartman is the the Hartman. This was the greater awful thing. Hartman's going to be great. Graham Mertz is awful. Great awful. Great awful. He was going to be great. He's going to be awful. That the, the way fans think, there's great awful. Great awful. Okay, so they they, they didn't get Hartman too bad because he was going to be great. Now they got Graham Mertz. He's going to be awful. Well, my theory takes great and awful off the table. My theory is the only thing DJ the only reason DJ Lagway matters is because he's the Pied Piper that gets them, you know. I think it's great that D.J. Lagway comes if he becomes a good quarterback. I think that'd be great. You know what's greater? If the fact that he's coming and Miles Graham is coming and this Darius Thomas is coming, if that gets them about 10 more 6'6", 275-pound defensive ends and some 6'7", 315-pound offensive linemen and some more fast receivers, that's the point. You want to go back and look at the quarterbacks that have been winning national titles? Stetson Bennett just won two. Jacob Coker's won one. McCarron's won one. I, I could give you a list, okay? It's not the DJ Lagways that are necessarily winning national titles. They're winning some, but it's not the DJ Lagways that are winning national titles. It's volume and volume and volume and volumes of players. So that ta- you see my point? That takes great an awful lot out of play here. What it takes is give me an awful lot of great, really good players, and then if you miss the DJ Lagway in three years, who cares? Because, I mean, again, I'm not knocking. Stetson Bennett was great, and, and he deserves all the acclaim he got. But they won because they had all these freaking five stars. And I think in my heart of hearts, Florida will get that. That's kind of the point. And that is certainly important. My question was more not so much focusing on just Sam Hartman and Rashada, but more if Florida knew who its quarterback was going to be this season, knew who its quarterback was going to be in the next few years, how much does that change how Florida fans feel right at this minute about Billy Napier and the state of recruiting? And the only reason that matters, what you just said, is whether we like it or not, how fans feel affects social media. Sure. And social media affects recruiting. Absolutely. So, so the only reason how fans feel about Hartman's great, Mertz is bad. Hartman's great, great, awful, great, awful. The only reason that matters is because every coach will tell you now, positive energy in your own fan base on social media does affect recruiting, as does negative energy in your own fan base and recruiting. It really does. So, but, As but, does the dollars they spend. Yes, yes, it does, but, but – As part of it. But Georgia – I'm convinced on this too. Georgia and Alabama aren't outspending anybody in NIL. They're keeping up. 
What you don't want to do is be a bad spender. But ultimately, once you become the school where they're going to go to, just keep up. And that's what I think. So anyway. Real quick. If we were doing this show in Baton Rouge and you had said the proclamation about LSU. Which I might have, by the way. Hayes, would you laugh at that proclamation? No, because LSU just won the West. Yeah. They have a coach that, you know, is is established himself. Uh, it's I don't think the, the path is as difficult well, for Brian Kelly right. as the path is for Billy Napier. I'm going to stop you. I disagree. I think the reason it wouldn't sound as comical is because they were good. Because last year if it, in August, that would have sounded more comical. We would have laughed at the dance. We would have laughed at the fake Southern accent. I don't believe it's because it's a coach that's established. I think it's because they did it this year and Florida did it. That's what I think. I, I think it's because they did it this year and Florida didn't do it this year. If I'd have said, if I'd have made the same proclamation in August, we'd have laughed at you. We'd have laughed at both. That yeah yeah. So, but the LSU won the West because because LSU did it this year. They right. proved they can do it on the field this year. Billy Napier hasn't proved. See that's what that that's what the answer is about. The answer is about LSU proved they can do it on the field. Billy Napier's team hasn't proved they can do it on the field. Remember. Brian Kelly was the biggest laughing stock in college mm-hmm. football in August. People couldn't quit making fun of him, you know. So, but they proved it on the field. So that that's my point. And by the way, I will make the same proclamation about LSU. There's no doubt in my mind. Is there any in yours that they're going to be elite? They're they're going to be elite. They're 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 joining they're joining the Georgia and Alabama too. They might have just already started, you know, on the field. But I think they're going to be there too. I really do. Um, I think Miami. I don't think is going to be there. I just I don't I don't know why I just don't I, I know they had a great recruiting year this year. How are they next year? By the way, are they ahead of the game next year. Uh, that's a great question. Let's take a peek. Uh, Miami. And, and again, it's too early to know. Right now, the top five is Georgia, LSU, Florida State, Notre Dame, Alabama. Uh, Texas Tech is sixth. Just to give you an idea right. of how early we are in this, right. they have seven commitments. Only one of them is a four star. Yeah. Um, Miami is. And I didn't is, find them in the top sixty. And, and it's too early, but in fairness, now it, it's, we've just started. There's three or four guys committed to most of these schools now. So yeah, but, I, I don't find them, and so they they haven't done much yet. But my gut tells me Florida is going to build that roster. It's really going to honestly, Hayes. It's going to be like. I don't know if Billy Napier is going to coach like Spurrier Urban. But you know what he's going to do? He's going to recruit like Charlie Pell and Ron Zook. Agree or disagree? No, I think from a recruiting standpoint, he's going to be very good is the floor. Yeah. It, the ceiling is correct. he'll be one of the best in the country. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I would be surprised if, based on what we've seen in the first year and what the early return is looking like for 2024, yep. I'd be surprised if, if he doesn't yeah. go down as a very good recruiter. And that'll knock out great and awful. That'll knock out Hartman, Mertz, Joshada, this, this, this. We come back. Big news. Sean Payton to the Denver Broncos. What does it mean in the AFC race? What does it mean in the West? What does it mean with Russell Wilson? All that coming up. Stay with us. Frank Rangie, Hayes, Carline, Andrew Gibson, I'm Lauren Brooks. He was born in the summer of his 27th year. Sean Payton has a new job. He's no longer going to be on the set. Was it just a joke that Gronk was sitting in for Sean Payton this past weekend to make his predictions of who was going to win? I didn't even know that was it. Okay, Gronk, they asked everybody, you know, of course, to predict who was going to win the games. And Gronk said, well, I've got Sean Payton's picks uh, because Sean is very busy in job interviews. I didn't so know I didn't that. know if that was a joke or not. But either way, uh, Sean Payton predicted the Chiefs and the 49ers would win. And obviously he was half right. Uh, Rocky Mountain High, probably one of my top three John Denver songs, Gibby, in case you're wondering. Who doesn't love Rocky Mountain High? Uh, you got to love it. Absolutely. Great song. Great song. Um, um, 
All right, so a bunch of thoughts about this. First of all, how does it change the West? Are they suddenly a factor? And, and, and remember now, we all thought they were a factor in August. Mm-hmm. Okay. We all, all of us. They're, they're, I think I picked the Broncos to win the AFC West. I don't, you, 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 I don't know that I picked them to win it, but we thought all those teams. I didn't think the Raiders would be good, but I thought the other three would all be good, and so and they weren't. So, are they where they're not the Chiefs? Where are they compared with the Chargers? Right, like today, behind them, far behind them. I think they have a better coach. They have a better coach, but uh, I'll take Justin Herbert over whatever has become of Russell Wilson. <laughs> I can't I, put I will too. all I will too. of Russell Wilson's struggles yeah, I agree. on Nathaniel Hackett. because yeah, he struggled in Seattle. I mean, that's just, to me, preposterous. And, 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 he strugg- and he struggled in Seattle the last year, too. Yeah, but, but, so but, I, but, but the swan dive was pretty amazing. It was, I mean, the swan dive from pretty damn good quarterback to not a very good quarterback was pretty amazing. Well, maybe Russell Wilson is this generation's Dale, Dale Murphy. Murphy. I thought the same thing. I thought it was the who ha- who in Colorado is where he did his swan yeah. dive. That We've hit it. Yeah. Do the Broncos draft a quarterback kind of like the Eagles did with Jalen Hurts? Do the Broncos do that in case Russell Wilson isn't good? And I, I don't mean very yeah. high. They don't have a first-round well, pick. Do they, somewhere do they acquire line. one somehow? Yeah. I mean, Jalen Hurts yeah. was drafted in the second round. Yeah, they, they, I, don't, I don't think you can do that. I think your second-round pick, they got to go try and win now. I mean, I think Russell Wilson's 34. I made the point he's not 40. But he's also not 20. You know, so I think you try to win. So I'd be surprised if they go high after a quarterback. It'd be fantastic if Denver signed Minshew in yeah. free agency. He'd perfect, right? He'd be perfect. The, the, uh, but, I'll, but let me say this, too. To, then that's to your point. He'd be the guy. I you, think you need your, another quarterback. The insurance policy, yeah. Yeah. But let me say this. There was an AFC team that went and got a very offensive-minded, genius, quarterback-centric head coach and went from being the worst team in the league to almost getting to the AFC Championship game. That team happens to play in Duval. So, well, if Trevor Lawrence shows up in yeah, Denver. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. But I will tell you, Doug Peterson made that had that effect. Yeah, it helped that he had Trevor Lawrence, obviously. But he did have that effect. And so and a lot of money that was spent in free agency. I don't think the Broncos have that, do they? Yeah, well, the Broncos were very good defensively. I don't know how many guys they're going to lose. Their their defense was legit. Now. Defensively, they're incredible. Yeah. So Sean Payton, Sean Payton just walked into a team with a with a one time Pro Bowl quarterback, an all world defense, a pretty good receiving core. You know, I don't know that they they need as much fixing as you think. I don't think they need fixing. I think the quarterback is yeah. and that's is what we have what to figure out is, is the variable. If if Russell Wilson comes back to playing at a very high level, oh yeah, Denver can absolutely you know contend. I, I don't know that they can unseat Kansas City, but uh, but yeah, I would think if if you were to tell me right now Russell Wilson's going to be like the comeback player of the year in twenty twenty three, I would absolutely have Denver finishing ahead of the Chargers, and uh, and would would think you know it, think at least somewhat about can they win the division. Uh, Denver, from a cap standpoint, is not in really bad shape at all. They're $12 million under. I'm sure okay. there's a couple contracts they can uh, shed if, if they want to create more space. So, um, yeah, I, I would think Denver's in, in, a, in a fine position from uh, the cap. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot to, to work with there. And it, to me, it was definitely the best job available and what I thought was a bad group of jobs. But – it was definitely the best job, but I just don't know if, if the, right. the, the fear that I would have if I was Sean Payton is if I can't get Russell Wilson back on track, I can't move on from him right away. 
Okay, let me give you Russell Wilson's years leading up to Denver, okay? Starting in 2017. I'm going to give you touchdown interceptions because on our show we talk about that a lot, right? Let me start in 2017. 34 and 11. 2018, just 18. I'm not talking about 20 years ago. 35 and 7. 2019, 31 and 5. 2020, which was two years ago, right? 40 touchdown, 40, 40 and 13. 2021, the last year in Seattle when he supposedly didn't have a very good year, 25 and 6. He goes to Denver, has one bad year, 16 touchdowns and 11 picks. And all of a sudden we decide he's no good anymore. Now here comes Sean Payton, this guy that's got enormously good numbers, has a Super Bowl ring and quite frankly should have two, you know. Daryl Bevel hand the damn ball off. He's got two rings, right? So, so yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I, I'm, I'm, and again, I'm biased. I've always just been a big fan of the guys, but I, 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 I don't know that he went from 40 and 13, 25 and six to one bad year. You know what, Hayes? I'm not saying it was all Nathaniel Hackett. That's not fair to Nate, but it was a lot of Nathaniel Hackett, and it was a lot of the dysfunction of that team that just it just never worked for whatever reason. It just never worked. I, I And because I'm an AFC guy, because the Jags are in the AFC, I am a little concerned that he does have a Doug Peterson effect on this guy. Yeah, you're right. He's not, he's not inheriting Trevor Lawrence, but he's inheriting a guy with 308 touchdowns and 98 picks in his career. So might be pretty good. I, I'm very intrigued, to say the least. Yeah, I think so. And, uh, you know, from this standpoint, it's, uh, you know, it's a, it's a good thing. Denver becomes a stronger opponent for the Texans. Uh, next year is, is is that's who the Jaguars will play the Chiefs out of the West. The right. uh, Texans will match up against the Broncos, so I uh, you know it it makes Denver tougher there. Um, yeah, I look, I I think Denver has enough for Sean Payton to win there if Russell Wilson can be fixed, but I I do not see that as a given at all. I mean, it was the other thing with Russell Wilson is. Do players respond to him anymore? I mean, right. he, he it's almost question. he's almost become a a living joke in, in terms of <coughs> the corniness and mm-hmm. how he relates to his teammates and right. you know, that's that's going to be a challenge for for Sean Payton as well. Uh if in fact that's the case where Russell Wilson's just not very well liked. He obviously wasn't well liked in Seattle. I mean, they buried him every chance they got once the trade was uh, completed, and so you know we'll see. It it didn't it didn't seem like anything went right in Denver. That's so kind of the point. that that's what I think is is going to be a, a challenge for Sean Payton. So no, I at this point I would have it Chiefs Chargers. I I would put the Broncos ahead of the Raiders at this point, unless the Raiders end up getting Tom Brady. How about this tweet from Ian Rappaport? Did you see this? I did. Ian Rappaport says unbelievable, and I don't think he's saying it's unbelievable. I think he can't believe it, but it's true. The Broncos spent today trying to hire D'Amico Ryans again before before he recommitted to the Texans, sources say. When he re, when he agreed to terms with the Texans, then the Broncos moved on and finalized Sean Payton. So D'Amico Ryans, according to this report, could have had the Broncos job but preferred the Texans. Now, he played there, but that would be an odd choice over unless you didn't want to get stuck with Russell Wilson, you know, because at least now he's going to get to pick his quarterback, right? Well, and again, I mean, if that's th- this is the Walmart family, 
they probably preferred to play D'Amico Ryan's five million. Yeah. Instead of having to pay Sean Payton twenty. Could be. Yeah. And uh, and you obviously have to give up significant draft compensation to get Payton. So what it would tell me is they view Ryan's as a future star. They viewed no other candidate that they interviewed is overly exciting and they just basically were like okay we didn't get the rising star and D'Amico Ryans so now we've got to really put our chips all in and we've got to give draft compensation and a whole lot of money to Sean Payton if if the Ian Rappaport reports correct Lauren Mm -hmm. well he said he he, here's the timeline he gave the Broncos the last few weeks zeroed in on D'Amico Ryans secretly tried to lure Jim Harbaugh from Michigan Negotiated a Sean Payton deal, tried to hire Ryan Ryan's again, and then finalized the hire of Payton. Yeah, I would think that Harbaugh was also going to be too expensive to leave Michigan for what they were offering, and and so D'Amico Ryan's was the most affordable, and, and they also thought he was going to be great for them. And then when that didn't work out, they yeah they decided we're going to have to go the route of Sean Payton. It just surprises me because I thought it would have been. We're zeroing in on Sean Payton, and we will talk to anyone else if Sean Payton isn't willing to come here. I'm telling you, this is a – it really makes the damn AFC interesting. Couldn't one of these guys go to the NFC? Can't we, can't we have one of these stories in the NFC, please? It really Sean is. Sean Payton's been in the NFC, so he probably didn't want yeah. that. It really is incredible. Yeah. I mean, just everything tilts to the AFC. Yeah, I mean, I mean, all these storylines. From a, sure. Certainly from a depth standpoint. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I mean, Sean Payton's a really good coach. I mean, this guy's a really good football coach. Well, he's, a- he's really good. I, I would think that we would know within the first four to six weeks if it's going to work with Russell Wilson or not. Yeah, I'll, I'll be interested to hear what of the season, not spring. The I mean, press, the press conference, yet. the press conference is obvious. The press conference is Sean Payton's press conference is Russell's one of the most established quarterbacks in the league. I can't wait to get to work with him. I can't work for, wait for he and I to spend time together. And but what I really wonder is when it really, to your point when it starts playing out. Is there another quarterback in play? To, to your point, Hayes, do they bring in a veteran who could take over if, if Russell's no good? To your point, Lauren, do they draft a guy? That's very interesting. Because Brett Rippon's the backup now. Yeah, he's not. And, 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 yeah, he's, not he's just a guy. And yeah. didn't this season prove to everyone you have to have a good backup quarterback or at least a, a good enough backup quarterback? Because at some point in time, you're most likely going to have to play. And they, the Jaguars didn't, but it came close in, in yeah, Detroit. They came into play more than I can remember in recent years. The too. 49ers learned it. Yeah, the, yeah. Well, the they Cowboys. Were on, they should have had a better fourth quarterback or the, fifth quarterback. Cowboys, Dolphins, Ravens, 49ers, an awful tons lot of Tons of teams. Tons of teams. More teams of significance had to play the backup this year than I can remember. There's Cardinals in a long time. Well, the other thing, too, that you can't discount is uh, Sean Payton may send even more first-round picks uh, to the Saints to get Taysom Hill to Denver. <laughs> he, loved, he, he loved him some Taysom Hill. Yes. Uh, he, he, he really did. You're right about that, so it'll be interesting. All right, well, what a – what a story that breaks today. Uh, Sean Payton to the Denver Broncos. More about that and a whole lot more in our final hour. What do you got coming up? What are we doing? What are we doing I'm going to need some bonos. Thanks to Gibby. Ah, Gibby, you just got her. You know, normally ask her where she's going to go eat. You're just hanging, you're just hanging here. Last week, my choices were like frozen versus frozen meal. Yeah. This week, bonos from Bowden Road. Thank you, Ray. Thank you, Andrew Gibson. Thank you, 49ers. Brock so, you're just, so you're just going to the desk and just hanging out? And, and well, I'll go to the kitchen. I'll go to the, the refrigerator. Up, then I'll go to the microwave. Yeah. And then yeah. I'll go to my desk. Just hang out. That's how it'll happen. Okay. I just want to, yeah. I mean, America wants to know what you do in that hour. I mean, I, I get more. I, I get calls. I get letters. I get telegraphs. I got a telegraph the other day. Don't get a lot of telegraphs, but got telegraphs the other day asking what Lauren does during the hour. I didn't know. I mean, the people want to know. 
Yes, I, I prepare a show, I eat, and then I'm right back here. It's yeah, very it's, fast. It's not a long break? It's really not that long. <laughs> All right, enjoy your show. Uh, Lauren has helmets and heels of an hour. Hayes, give me an hour back after this. One hour to go in the program with Hayes Carlin and Andrew Gibson. I'm Frank Frangie. Lauren Brooks has an hour off as she gets set to host Helmets and Heels. That comes up in an hour from now. I can't tell. Tell me if you can tell me. you got a better angle than I do, Hayes Carlin from the Bowl School. But do we have dueling insiders? Is that what's happening? Can, can you tell that on your Twitter feed? A duel. Uh, we have a duel going on. It is, uh, it is quite would you, would you enlighten us on, on both sides of this duel? Yes. Yeah, so Ian Rappaport of NFL Network tweeted about how uh, the Broncos circled back to D'Amico Ryans before finalizing the deal with Sean Payton. Uh, Adam Schefter, who grew up in the Broncos organization. That's where he was a beat writer for right. many years right. in Denver before he became a national uh, NFL insider. Schefter tweets, timing of today's two hires was completely coincidental. Forgive me for adding the emphasis. Yeah, but it's good, though. Broncos Radio. were zeroed in on Sean Payton and didn't make any contact this week with D'Amico Ryans or his agent. Denver was focused on Payton and Houston on Ryans. So clearly... Schefter is trying to carry some water for his friends in Denver who obviously are embarrassed by the Rappaport report that they didn't get their top guy. And not only did they not get their top guy, they're paying their plan B guy probably $20 million a year and giving up draft picks to get them. Since those guys have become the two preeminent insiders uh, 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 passed on from Mort, and Peter King and, and the late John Clayton and I mean they, they had that they had that role for many years, and it's evolved into Rappaport and and Schefter. Since it's become those two guys, this is the first time I can ever remember one coming after the other. It's you know it's WrestleMania season. Yeah, who do you like? Who, so, you, like, who you like in the fight? I think I'm taking Rappaport. What? What? what <laughs> you don't say his T? Is it not Rappaport? Is it? Is it? I don't. I think it's the T. Okay. Um, the uh, I love, one guy tweeted. Um, still put him in a steel cage match. I'm taking Rappaport because I think he would bite. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like he would Well, bite. I think he's younger. Yeah. Um, I mean, the tale of the tape is not yeah. going to be kind yeah. to either man. Uh, from a height I don't think he's particularly tall. No, neither one of them are, yeah. are you know, behemoths by yeah. any stretch. Yeah. So, uh, but it'd be a fun, it'd be a fun battle. Yeah. Again, you know, we just had the Royal Rumble this past weekend, so... Yeah. WrestleMania season is officially started, and this, this, who wouldn't love to see Adam Schefter and Ian Rappaport yeah, yeah. in a steel cage match? See if, uh, like, if The Rock fought um, Hulk Hogan in his prime, mm -hmm. nobody get hurt because they're unhurtable. In this fight, nobody get hurt. Because none of them are worthy of hurting, <laughs> right. you, know? you know. So both both ways, yeah. no one's going to get hurt. Yeah, so, but so, it yeah. it is really interesting yeah. to see because they don't normally well, they don't normally conflict as much. I mean, this is Schefter basically saying he's, he's Rappaport's yeah. report yeah. is yeah. is completely and inaccurate. whether he whether he actually knows that whether he had someone from the Broncos maybe George Patton called him the GM and said listen you got to get out there right now that was a bunch of crap. You, I, you need to tweet right now that he's wrong. I'm telling you, he's wrong. I'm the guy that would make the conversation. That, that's what that's the impression I get. Don't you? Oh yeah, I, I get the impression I, that the Broncos. I think the report is true, and I think do Denver really? is embarrassed by it. You do think so? It's they're true. having Schefter See, carry some water for them. Yeah, 
and, see, and they'll you know repay him down the line. See, the reason I find it a little hard to be true, it's hard for me to believe that D'Amico Ryans said no, and then just like that, they, they put together this big $20 million, two draft pick, one draft pick this year, second round draft pick next year, third round. It's fi- it's hard to believe that got put together that quickly. Now you could say, well, it was put together. They just didn't execute it. Eh, I don't know if I buy that. Uh, that seems to me shaky. I, I, what do I care? I don't care about any of them. But, yeah, I, but it, I think it's hilarious. It seems to me it, that would seem to be put together. I can't imagine you're going to pay a guy a hundred because we do all think it's about five for twenty, give or take. I can't imagine you're going to pay a guy a hundred million dollars. Because you're frustrated the other guy didn't take the job. I don't that that doesn't make a lot of sense. That doesn't mean they didn't have some passing interest in Ryan's once upon a time, but that doesn't make a lot of sense. If you're if you the deal they cut for Peyton, you gotta believe it's been in the works, don't you think? Well, my guess is that they were far down the road with Peyton and then they again, this is new ownership. Yeah. They don't really know how this process works I and, get that. and how, you know, details can get leaked out that can, you know, perhaps put you in an unflattering light. I, I think what probably happened is they were pretty far down the road with Peyton, and they circled back to make one last di- ditch effort on Ryan's before he took the Texans job, just to make sure. And Ryan said no, and then they went ahead and executed the Sean Payton deal. Uh, otherwise, I don't know why Ian Rappaport tweets what he tweeted. You know, I I, I don't think Ian Rappaport's going to just get that from one source and and go with it. Right. So my guess is Ian Rappaport probably had that. From he probably had it from Ryan's camp, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, you know, Ryan's agent, who's probably doing cartwheels because his client just got a nice six year deal from right. the Texans, probably was like, and you're not going to believe this. Guess what happened this morning? Would be my guess. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting stuff. So we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll certainly can keep an eye on how that thing goes. It's an amazing story. And again, it's more AFC stuff. So, what other jobs are open now? Colts are open. Correct. That should be the next one to be hired, I would think. Who's getting that? I can't imagine it's Jeff Saturday. No, uh, but uh, but I don't know. I mean, they have but, I mean, interviewed. I mean, I mean, we've had we've said we've we've now had I mean, the, they interviewed Gibby. Yeah, we've done. Yeah, I turned it down. <laughs> yeah, we've had screw the, the Colts. We've had the Panthers, <laughs> Broncos, Texans. Correct. Fill jobs. That's right. We have the Colts. Is that the only one open? Cardinals. Colts and Cardinals are open. Is that it? I think that's it. I think that's it. There okay. was five openings and, and three have been filled. Yeah. yeah. Who could be coaching in the Super Bowl that would fill one of those spots? The Shane Steichen, the offensive coordinator yeah. for the Eagles, maybe? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, be enemy, you would think, but be, it you just think doesn't ever seem to. Yeah. You got yeah. interviews forever, just haven't yeah. gotten one. Yeah. So, But the Colts, I don't think he was in play at all with the Colts. Was he, be enemy? I don't think so. But again, it's yeah. it's hard because they interviewed like sixteen yeah. candidates, so it's it's really hard to know where where that one's going. By the way, I saw that uh, Molinaro put out another Ursay Ballard. Oh, video. did he? I didn't see it. Did yeah, you see I, the Tony I, Romo one? I, I haven't. Not, I saw I saw the Romo ones it, up, but I haven't listened to he it. He put yet. out a Romo one this morning that was yeah. really. He all of his are really good, but right. the Romo was like really good. Well, even to Ursay's credit, Ursay. Like tweeted a laughing emoji did, face on, the, on it. So well, well you know Molinero's an Indian. I told you he's an yeah. Indianapolis. Yeah, guy. I didn't know that. That's he li- funny. He's a Steelers fan, but he lives in Indianapolis and follows all the Indianapolis stuff. I have not seen this one. The, the other one was priceless. It was so good. The Saturday in the park. Yeah. The, the, that was fantastic. Mm-hmm. So 
I can't wait to see the, the, this latest one. So, all right. So the Colts' jobs open. The Cardinals' jobs open. Um, the Broncos made the big news. The uh, so now the news becomes the players. Where does Aaron Rodgers land? Where does Tom Brady land? You're still convinced it's San Francisco, aren't you? You're not backing off that one. I'm are you? completely convinced. You're completely convinced he's going to be the San Francisco 49ers quarterback. Well, I was dead set opposed to that until the guy who I thought was going to be their quarterback next year blew his arm for the year. I mean, at the at the best case, he's out six months, right? Yeah, and which, it, which means it's unlikely he's their quarterback, even if he comes back in August. That's what I think. I, I to be honest, I think it was unlikely he was going to be the plan anyway. Yeah, boy, I but. Think. But I certainly think this injury really makes it clear that yeah. he's going to have to wait at least one year before he's going to be the answer. And he's got, you know, it's only going to be a second of a uh, four-year deal. So uh, they certainly can be patient. But to me, the 49ers are, they've, be, they've reached that mode of we are going to do whatever it takes. And if you're in that mode, you go bring in Tom Brady. And you and Tom Brady obviously would do you know backflips to Levi Stadium because right. he gets to work with Kittle and Samuel and you know uh, McCaffrey and really good offensive line. He gets to have, I mean it's it's Tom Brady's dream. I mean it's his absolute dream. It's his childhood team. It's amazing how the planets align for Tom Brady, like they've aligned throughout his entire professional right, life. Right. Because to your point. Maybe there would have been a sense in San Francisco of, well, let's go with Purdy and Lance and see who wins the job. We've right. got two two young guys that we like. Stands to reason one of them right. is going to be really good. Well, one of them gets hurt right. after the other one has been hurt, hurt all year. It does fall Tom Brady's a free agent. Wants they don't a, have to give up anything to get him. Wants to play there. Wants to play there. you got McCaffrey and Debo you've, and Kittle. You've got a team that is just dripping yeah. it, with win a, it now. And a great defense. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 it, it's yeah. incredible. It really if you th- yeah. when you put it that way, I mean, isn't Brandon Ayuk there too? So yeah. Brandon Ayuk and, and Debo and McCaffrey and Kittle. Right. And here comes Brady and that great defense. And you still have your, and it's where he's from. Yeah, and you still have your draft to add to it. And I mean, Kyle Shanahan and Tom Brady. I was convinced you had lost your mind. Well, many times, but more <laughs> the most recent time I was convinced you lost your mind was this time. But now it almost seems like that's where he's headed. They can't be very happy in Vegas where they thought he was headed. No, right? I wouldn't think. I mean, I. And again, it's nothing against the Raiders, but how would you yeah. possibly choose? Because so, he's not making so. that decision on money, so, so it's not like the Raiders can throw just stupid money at right. him, right. and he's going to he. Tom Brady is going to the right. best place right. where he can win a title, just like he did when he left New England, and right. he was like, "I've had no one to throw to with the Patriots for the last two years. I'm going to go to Tampa Bay where I can throw it to Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and." You know the the litany of players that they had, and uh, and they had you know a good enough defense and good enough uh, players around them, and and they won the title in his first year. It's going to be the same thing here. If he signs with San Francisco, they might go sixteen and one. So let's, uh, let's take a break. When we come back. We're going to we're going to stay on the who lands where. I got a theory. I'm going to throw at you, or at least a question. I'm going to throw at you. Let's see where you go with it. This is ten ten XL ninety two point five FM. Hey, Chris, how's it going, man? Well, Mr. said we've cut down the list to our final few candidates. To how many? 16. <laughs> and I presume that list includes 
Jeff Saturday? Yes, Mr. Arisai. Good. I think he's the man for the job. It goes on for like three uh, minutes, uh, but that's Joey Molinaro, who's hilarious, and that's him doing <laughs> Jim Irsay and Good. Chris Ballard. <laughs> He's the man for the job. So great! Oh, you got to go watch Molinaro. He's good. Stuff. I haven't seen this Tony Romo. Is it good? Oh, it's good. Yeah, I guess Molinaro. Uh, he does the ah uh, um because yeah. that's how Romo just yeah. you know he's always like. So emotional with the game, which is great. I, I like Romo. I love Romo. I, 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 people I, are, I don't know, what, why, why people don't like him. Because people like to rip the guys who call the game. They do. The, the, this that's, is, the, that's the thing. This is the thing that I think makes that job so difficult now is back in like the summer all Madden days, right. you didn't have Twitter. You didn't have Correct. just constant football content. You didn't have a lot of sports radio. So if you were a fan, you didn't. You weren't su- subjected to football discourse right. all that often. When right. you were watching a football game, you were, and so y- you got probably a lot more out of it than you do today. Because now, if you're a diehard football fan, and you're on Twitter or social media, and you're seeing the information that's out there, and you know you're watching one of the eight million NFL shows that's on cable. I mean, it- it's there's there's not a whole lot that the the analyst doing the game can give you right. that is probably going to revolutionize how you look at the game. Now, the the color guys are still great for the very casual fan that watches football just for, like, the big right. games and here and there, and, and they're probably not and, – and they aren't as plugged in. But it's a, it's a really hard job uh, to, to mesmerize a fan that is a diehard NFL fan and knows – Everything watches all the games. I mean, it's just it's a it's a tough assignment. Yeah, and it's and people people have always wanted to rip other people, but before message boards, you couldn't do it. You couldn't do it in a viral way, and message boards gave way to social, which is even more viral. So the guy that says I think Tony Romo stinks now has more can find more people to listen to him. You know, so that's so that's what it's been. I I want to throw so so if you haven't heard the news of the day, Sean Payton is going to be the new uh, Broncos coach. Uh, the Super Bowl winning uh, New Orleans Saints coach, um, he will inherit Russell Wilson. Who again? I pull up to say what you want. The Russell Wilson's numbers before last year were good every year. I, I somehow I thought his numbers were no good last year because the team was six and eight or his record was six and eight as a starting quarterback. But hey, his numbers were good last. It was just it was his. I said last year the twenty one season. This this most recent season is the only year he had relatively bad numbers. Still sixteen touchdowns and eleven picks, but he had been. 25-6, and 35-7 his whole time until last year. So there's reason to believe the dysfunction, the hack it, all that contributed to how bad he was. You don't know, but there's reason to believe that was in play. There is. I, I think it's the probability, though, to me, is that Russell Wilson, we've probably seen the last of him being an elite player, even with the tutelage of, of Sean Payton, because Seattle – we were all stunned when they wanted to get rid of him. Right. It was like, That's why right. would you trade Russell Wilson? Right. You know, I mean, he's an icon in your franchise. Well, obviously, they're with him day in and day out, and they saw a decline occurring yeah, uh, right. before anybody else did. So, you know, they trade him. They end up being better for having traded him. Uh, and then, you know, you see what happened in Denver, and, you know, it, it does make you wonder if, if Russell Wilson's skill set is just eroding a little bit uh, compared to where it was, and and really how much of his heart and dedication is in it, 
How much uh, does he relate to teammates? Because uh, that certainly seems like it, it can be called into question. So I, I'm a little surprised Sean Payton took the job. But because, again, it's not like you can just have Russell Wilson for one year, and if it doesn't work out, you can move on. His contract is so penal to get out from under. I mean, you're talking about de- unprecedented dead money over the next two years. So Sean Payton takes this job knowing that Russell Wilson is the quarterback there for the, at least the next two years. Which, which tells us he must think he's salvageable. He must, he must, think that he must disagree with you. Well, yeah, yeah I mean, and, and again, why, why take the job if you don't? And we talk about you know coaches all the time have that mentality of I can this is a great player, uh, I can fix him. The Seahawks were were wrong, uh, you know. Nathaniel Hackett was to blame, and and look, maybe that'll be the case. But I would say based on what we've seen over the last you know year, I would say it's it's more likely that Sean Payton is going to that this will not be the last quarterback that he has. Uh, with Denver, that Russell Wilson will ultimately fail uh, with the Broncos and Sean Payton will have to transition to his next starting quarterback. So who's the starting quarterback with the Raiders if you're right about Brady going to the 49ers? I, by the way, I still think Brady's going to the Raiders, by the way, just so you know. But let's okay. assume you're right about that. I, you know, it could be Garoppolo, his ties to McDaniels uh, from their days in New England. You know, so that might make some sense. Okay. Um, could it be Stidham? I wouldn't. A, he's on a contract, think, right? Yeah, he. I, I wouldn't think it would be Stidham. I he's, would think that would be a, uh, you know, go, go acquire a guy. You know, could it be, you know, do the Raiders make the ultimate move for Aaron Rodgers right. and and you know make a, a huge trade? That would make sense for where they are because they, you know, they certainly have an offense that is ready to win. Uh, Aaron Rodgers would be reunited with Devontae Adams. Which he loved. You've got Waller. You've got Renfro. uh, I'm assuming Josh Jacobs would be back um, in that scenario. So it would certainly be attractive for Aaron Rodgers, I would assume, as a destination. Uh, But if I had to guess, I'd say Jimmy Garoppolo. Okay. Let's look at teams. So let's go through teams that need quarterbacks, teams that you're not certain about their quarterbacks. Let's start in the AFC. Uh, We'll start in the East. Uh, the Jets, we don't know who their quarterback's going to be. The Dolphins, you would assume Tua starts as their quarterback. You would assume the Patriots have Mac Jones as their quarterback. I would think I would. Would you agree? I, w- I would assume those guys are going to be the guys. The Jets are really interesting because they're probably going to make a fairly sizable move. Right. Um, you know, so that's that's probably the most interesting one in the AFC East. Uh, but I, you know, so maybe does Carr end up with the Jets? You know that might make some sense, right? Uh, but yeah, I would say it's Mac Jones in New England. It's Tua in Miami. Yeah, so so let's assume that. So let's assume those two are there. Would the Jets go after? Is there? Do you, do you buy the whole Aaron Rodgers to the Jets thing at all? I mean, Nathaniel Hackett is there; they're buddies. Do you buy that? I I think a lot of it. Yeah, I, I mean, I could see it. it a lot of it is going to be, you know, what is what is Aaron Rodgers looking for in his next stop and. You know, when you look at the Jets, I think they've got better weapons than people realize. Uh, defensively, they're good. I think Rodgers would like the coaching staff there. With certainly, he likes Hackett already as OC. Uh, I think Robert Sala is is very yeah. easy to get along with. Yeah. So I could see that the Jets, you know, being a a, a destination. I I wouldn't think it would be Rodgers's 
top choice. Okay. And I would think he'd have some control in the trade. Yeah. Um, you know, I, 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 at this point in his career, I would think he would have some control over yeah. where he goes to. I think him to the Jets is real. I don't know if it's going to happen, but I think it's in play. Uh, to the north, uh, Lamar Jackson. He'll be tagged. So he's not going anywhere. The Steelers have their young guy. The Bengals and Browns both have their guy. Shouldn't, the, shouldn't be a lot of movement in the north, yeah. I wouldn't think, for quarterbacks. To the south, Jacksonville has their guy. The rest of it's interesting. Colts, Titans, Texans. Quarterbacks. Could, could all be first-round picks, yeah, could which all, would be fascinating. Could all, could all be rookies. Yeah. Um, that, could Colts, be, that could easily be Bryce Young, Will yeah. Levis, and C.J. Stroud. Because the Colts certainly aren't going to try another veteran. Did they? If, if that franchise hasn't figured that out by now, then they deserve to lose all their games. So that's the one you've got to believe isn't going to try and bring in a veteran. They've got to be scarred by that. The Texans seem like if you're in rebuild mode, go get the young guy. The Titans are the interesting one to me. Could Rodgers wind up there? Could Brady wind up there? Could – and I'm trying to think who else would, would, would move the needle because every other free agent is just a guy. Um, Geno Smith doesn't worry me. Is, is Geno Smith going to stay in Seattle? I would think. Okay, so so who winds up in Nash? Who's Who is the Tennessee Titans quarterback? Carr, maybe you know, Carr would be. I could kind of see that possibility. Yeah, I could. I could kind of see that. You don't see Malik Willis being an option. I wouldn't think. I, 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 he may be an option, but I don't think he's going to win the job. I, I'd be some, the fact, Gibby, that they were so reluctant to even. Now again, he's trying to get better. He's training with Denny's down in town, but the fact that they were so reluctant to play him when it was his turn. I mean, you brought him in to be the rookie backup to your veteran. And when your veteran goes down, it's your turn. And they fired the GM who picked him, too. Yeah, that's right. As for the Texans, I've got to believe. Where do they pick? Fourth? The Texans are second. Oh, they pick second. And then the Colts are fourth. Oh, the Colts are fourth. Okay, so I've got to believe the Texans wind up with Stroud or Young. What What you'd love to see happen there is you'd love to see the Colts and Texans get into a bidding war for the number one pick for Chicago's pick. And for whoever wins that bidding war to have to give up a bunch. Right. Uh, to, slow to acquire the, the player, to yes, because that'll that'll take away from a lot of their future ammunition. Okay. Uh, you know, so hopefully, the Colts or the Texans will trade up to number one and not just have you know the possible answer just fall to them, okay. and all you got to do is fill out a card. So you said maybe Garoppolo to the Raiders. The rest of the West is pretty pretty set. Obviously, um, let's go to the NFC. Um, Philly obviously is set. Does Daniel Jones wind up still with the Giants? It's Seems like it's tracking that way. Yeah, that, yeah. that they're going to re-sign him or or possibly franchise yeah, tag him. They've yeah. got to also figure out Saquon. Yeah. What about the What about the Commanders? Are they one of the teams that's in the hunt for one of these guys? Are they going to Sam yeah, Howell? I I don't think so. Um, he, he's there. He is there. Yeah. He'd be going into a second year. Um, and you're right, Gibby. He'll be in play. Yeah. yeah I think a play. lot of people like him. Yeah, I do too. He, he'll He'll definitely be in play. They could give the job to the young guy. You don't know if they will. What about Dak? I th- Dak's, Dak, owed, Dak's owed a bunch of money, right? He'll be back. Yeah, yeah. he'll be Dallas's quarterback. I would think Washington will, you know, maybe like if the Titans move on from Tannehill, yeah. Tannehill shows up in Washington. You know, that might I happen. I could see that. I could see that. Um, in the South, a bunch of jobs open there. G- give me the four quarterback. Give me the four quarterbacks in the National Football Conference South Division. I mean, it is. Who knows, it's, man? It's a, it's a complete. I mean, horror I mean show. you don't know any of them. That's it, why the division's so yeah, bad. Because it yeah. won't it won't be Brady. Yeah, Brady's leaving Tampa. Yeah, it won't be any of the. I mean, you don't know any of them. I mean, Carolina has to find somebody else, right? I can't imagine the Saints are gonna, you know, 
try again with Andy Dalton and Jameis Winston. Jameis would be the guy. Um, And then Atlanta, it's you know, are they going to go with Desmond Ritter? Yeah, yeah, you know, but and and they might. By the way, I I I could see Atlanta, but that thing's really a mess. I mean, really, that's probably the division that Anthony Richardson's going to be drafted into. Okay, would be my guess, but that's only that only. And, and finally, that's only one of four teams. And Kyler Murray doesn't start the season. The 49ers, we don't know what they're doing. We assume Stafford's back by then, right? And if Geno Smith winds up staying out there. So, all right, some other guys. Where's Baker Mayfield land? What what does he become? Maybe, I mean, if you're – Don't one of these teams take a shot again, at him as a if starter? You're, if you're Tampa Bay, why wouldn't you just go Correct. sign Baker Mayfield? Somebody like that. Wouldn't you think, if, wouldn't you think between Tampa – I guess Carolina already did that, but I mean, if you're if you're Tampa, wouldn't you consider Tampa, New Orleans, somebody like that? I, I gotta believe Baker Mayfield gets signed to be a starter. I would think. I gotta. So, I would think. I thought he did a really nice job with yeah. the Rams. Where's Teddy Bridgewater? Um, you don't have to say which team, but what kind of starter, might, backup, he, veteran backup? Yeah, maybe it's one of those things where Bridgewater ends up with. It might be veteran backup on a good team. Yeah. Uh, Bridgewater may be back with the Saints. Yeah. You know, yeah, they they liked him. He did well when he was he was yeah. there before. Yeah. And um and the most important question all I've saved it for last. What about the mania? Where does the mania wind up? In in, in all honesty, I think Gardner Minshew should really try to get to Denver. Um and uh and work with Sean Payton and work behind Russell Wilson and and with the thinking that if Russell Wilson falls, Denver's not going to tolerate it. They will eventually just eat the contract. Uh, they'll have no choice. If, if, so if I'm Gardner and Denver is willing to sign me to a two, three-year deal, I think that's where I'd like to be. You're, a, you already know he wants to get into coaching at some right, point. Right. Well, you're working under Sean Payton, so you couldn't really find a better situation yeah. in terms of that. Uh, and I think there's a good chance you're going to, be called into guys, duty, guys. I got to tell you, maybe you're maybe you're right, Hayes. Honestly, but I would be shocked if a quarterback tried to get to a quarterback that wants to start tries to get to Denver. I may be wrong. I don't think he's going to be given an opportunity well, to start, but I well, could yeah, be wrong. Anyway, on anyway, that. No, but no, certainly, if yeah, if but he I, gets offered starters money somewhere, I don't think he he's got to go the there. But I, I just think I I think I, and I disagree with you on this. Maybe I'm wrong. I think Denver benching Russell Wilson. With the money, with Sean Payton getting there, would shock me. Now, now again, if he's so awful that you have no choice, you know, I mean, even in, even as dysfunctional as that thing was this year, he had 16 touchdowns and 11 picks, which isn't a good year in NFL standards, certainly by his standards. But it's not 10 and 17. You know, I I can't imagine that that that, that anybody other than Russell Wilson, barring injury. Is going to take a meaningful snap for Denver in the next couple of years. I just can't imagine it. He'd it just, have to be so bad, wouldn't yeah, he? It, he would, but it just but it seems like that's the path he's on, and it gets tough. It gets yeah. tough to justify it to the other fifty-two guys in the locker room. Well, if he's if he's terrible, if well, he to, was terrible this year. I mean, that's terrible. Sixteen and eleven in today's NFL. Yeah, yeah, that's terrible. Yeah, I guess. I, yeah, yeah, you're right. I just I, I, we'll see. We'll we'll see. I, I I may be wrong about that. I. I think Sean Payton is going to Denver to revive the career of, of Russell Wilson, who's never had a bad year until last year, who's never had statistically a bad year until one year. So, so we'll see if it wins. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, uh, Hayes has a closing argument that's college football related. That's next day with us.
Uh-huh. Going back to the past in football doesn't make things better. It makes things worse. I, I don't think I understand. We can't keep selling the greatest hits album. All right, we need a, a new songwriter. All right, a new lead singer. I'm still not following. Jeff Saturday's not an NFL head coach. Hey, we're glad you're with us. Carline and Frangie, along with Andrew Gibson. Lauren Brooks has the hour off, as you know, to get set for Helmets and Heels. She joins Taylor Dahl and Mia O'Brien. They'll have that for you coming up in just a bit. Uh, first, uh, first though, uh, a thought on college football from our friend Hayes Carline. All rise. Now, Hayes Carline's closing argument. Hear ye, hear ye, hear ye. Presented by the personal injury law firm of Harrell & Harrell. Order. The ACC released its football schedule yesterday, and I love how Florida State's schedule sets up for them. First off, every game uh, is on a Saturday once you get into the season. The opener is on a Sunday, uh, that great matchup with LSU and Orlando. Uh, but I love the fact that every game Florida State will play will be on a Saturday. It gets them you know, away from short weeks and maybe more livelier crowds if you're going on the road. Uh, and I think as you go through it, I think it sets up really well for them. They, they, you knew you were going to have to go to Clemson. They're going to Clemson, uh, but I, it's early in the year. It's the fourth game. I think Clemson is going to struggle early on. If they're going to struggle, it's going to come earlier as they break in a bunch of new players. Florida State, obviously, is going to have such great continuity. I think they're going to be at a much higher level of play uh, in September uh, then Clemson will be. I think if that game was in November, Clemson would have time to sort of find themselves, gel. Uh, it's going to be harder for Clemson to do that. They will be uh, at home facing FSU. Florida State gets, then gets their bye week to recover. So if you get a big win at Clemson, uh, you get a week to sort of absorb it, enjoy it, uh, and and then they, they host Virginia Tech, who just can't really seem to figure out uh, you know a, a way back to, to you know being decent. Uh, as, as you go through it, you go to Wake Forest October 28th. You know, Wake Forest, I'm assuming, is going through a, a fairly significant rebuild. Uh, you go to Pitt November 4th. You don't love back-to-back road games, but again, I think Florida State's going to be at a point where they're going to be much stronger than Pitt. You host Miami November 11th, and then uh, they, they get a, a matchup against North Alabama prior to traveling to Gainesville for the Florida game. So I think it's a... It's a really well-balanced schedule. I think it really helps FSU that they're getting Clemson early. And uh, you look at this schedule, and it's really hard to see Florida State doing anything worse than 10-2 and with the possibility of 12-0. and Well, think about it for a second, because I, I, I think you're dead on on this. Think about it for a second. The ACC, when Florida State is good, has never been able to put up much resistance. That's reality. That's not that's not SEC Homer talking. That's since 1992, when the Knowles got into the league, the ACC has not been able to put up much resistance. Now that changed when Clemson got good. Now that S, now that FSU's back to looks like they're back to being good again, they've got Clemson to contend with. F, the good FSU, which is 92 through 01, and then again in 12, 13, 14, 15, that stretch. They never had to put up with this Clemson, okay? This Clemson is the, is like putting up with Georgia, Alabama. This Clemson's legit. So they have to put up with this Clemson. But other than that, there's still nobody else in that league that has risen to what FSU was once upon a time. Only Clemson. That's A. B, 
They play Florida every year. Florida's not there yet. And even though the game's in Gainesville, and who knows how good Florida will be next year, I mean, they may be they may beat FSU, but you would think going in, FSU's more, far more well-built than the Gators are. So now that, a lot can change between now and the end of the next season, but you would think that. Miami doesn't look like they're anywhere near what Florida State just beat them 45-3. to three. They just they just blew them out of their own stadium. What was that? The games in Miami, right? Mm-hmm. They ran, so now they get them at home. So you wouldn't – if FSU's where we think they are headed, the teams that have been decent in the ACC of late, Wake Forest, North Carolina, are never going to line up with what FSU has – Louisville. They're never lining up with what FSU has been. That's your point. Is if FSU's back to being FSU, nobody in that league can hang with them. The same way they couldn't hang with them in the early 90s, which is what Bobby Bowden told me, one of the reasons he went there, is because he knew when they were when they were rolling, nobody in that league would hang with them. So, no, I it could be a big year. And I'm telling you, if the Knowles figure out this recruiting part, they figured out the portal part. He's damn sure figured out the coaching part. He's really figured out the culture, keeping everybody there, developing players, uh, rebuilding the program part. If they figure out the – the the high school recruiting part and the fours and fives start coming there. Look out, Hayes. To your point, they could be the FSU could really be headed in a, in a very positive direction. So we'll see. Yeah, no doubt about it. And like we mentioned earlier in the show, in the twenty twenty four team rankings, again it's early. Uh, and the reason I know it's early is that Texas Tech is sixth in the country. Right, right. that's going to change. And, All that'll change, and that won't stay. But Florida State is third right now in the country in the team rankings behind Georgia, LSU, uh, Florida State third with nine commitments, one five star five four-stars, two three-stars. So, again, it seems like uh, we talked about it with Florida. looks like they're going to take a step forward with their recruiting efforts in 2024. They're off to a great start. Florida State off to a magnificent start so far in 2024. Yeah, so the whole thing will be very interesting to see. And I I said this when I made my proclamation that the Gators will be back and they're Billy Napier, and I think they will be. I also think FSU is going to stay back. So, I I think the day's coming when – Fowler and Herbstreit are calling Florida FSU games again. It's been a long time. It's been a long yes, time since Florida Fowler, since the Gators played the Knowles in the in the in the big voices called the games. You think about that. It's been a long time. I miss the days when Keith Jackson called that game and when Ron Franklin called that game and when when Brad Nessler called that game. I miss those days. I want I want Fowler and Herbstreit calling a Florida State Florida game. And and by the way, ESPN's going to have both leagues. ABC ESPN's going to have both leagues. So I think that day's coming back. I think I think we are headed to good times in college football again. Georgia's done their part. They're great. And, and, I, and I really do believe FSU's further along than Florida, but I really do believe – but remember, let me say this again. FSU's further along than Florida, but to be very clear, 10-win FSU at home against 6-win Florida needed a hold on for dear life at the end of the game. That, let's, let's be honest about that now. Sure. That game came down to the last play of the game in Tallahassee at night. So that if if you're following logic, the logic would be the rosters weren't that different. Now, to FSU's credit, they kept everybody, and Florida lost a bunch of people. So you would think next year Florida State will be well ahead of them. But the real reality is FSU had not beaten them since 2017, and the one game they did win was a, was a white knuckler that ended at the end of the game. Yeah, no doubt about it, and uh, it, it it will be it'd be great to have Florida Florida State back to where uh, it's been through uh, you know much of much of our lifetime. So hopefully that happens. And uh, but yeah, I, I I will be shocked if Florida State doesn't doesn't win ten games with this schedule. I 
I, the only thing that I think they have to be a little bit guarded about, and you know, we'll certainly talk about this as September third closes in. If there's no shame in losing to LSU, uh, they obviously, obviously, you you want to win the game. I'm not suggesting that, but and I think Florida State. If I had to pick it today, I would pick Florida State to beat LSU in Orlando. But the only danger I think Florida State has is if you don't win that night you can't let it derail anything. And I don't think they'll, that will happen because their next two games after that are Southern Miss at home and then at Boston College. Um, but th- th- that's the only, I think, danger is if they have something disappointing happen in the opener, not allowing it to, to fester. Um, but I, I think they're going to be in good shape because by the time they go to Clemson, I think whatever happened yeah. in the LSU game – a few weeks prior is going to be a race from their mind. They'll, they they may be under some pressure because if you lose to Clemson now you're you're probably two and two going into your bye week. But uh, but yeah, it's that's the only thing is I think they're going to beat LSU. It's going to be a, a fantastic matchup. But um, but that one's going to be interesting to see how it affects the rest of their the rest of their play. All right, we're almost out of time. One thing I've been meaning to get to over the last two or three days that I haven't, or the last two days I haven't. You know, you know who's adorable is. Taylor Sirianni was adorable. Oh, yeah. Was that, that was, cute. was that great? That was. Both of us have daughters who at yeah. one point were four or five or however, however old right. she is. So I thought Taylor Sirianni was just fantastic. That was awesome. Yeah, and, and at some point when she's 25, yeah. someone's going to show her that video. It's going to be pretty funny. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's say hello to Mia O'Brien. Now, the two-minute drill. Brought to you by Tire Outlet. Keeping the sports world spinning with wholesale prices and premium service. Tire Outlet, Jacksonville's largest locally owned automotive repair shop. All right, look, I don't gripe about much. I'm not a guy that complains a lot. Yeah. I'm not really happy right now. I need energy. Oh, from, from me? Yeah. I'm, I'm, Hayes, let me just say, Hayes, you and I are good friends, right? We just got done a mo- money meeting I, 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 in the multimedia I, I, department. I, I, I we don't like did. numbers yeah, over yeah, there. Yeah, we just I, have to I, do I, numbers. So I want energy. Okay. Okay. I did just have a cup of coffee, so okay. I'm ready. Me and I are both going to be the Springsteen show, okay? Oh, that's right. Mia's going with one of her buddies. Suzanne and I are going, and I've been and I've been uh, stalking me all week, chasing around the building, trying to get energy out of her. I'm trying. Is that conserving correct? Is that, it? Is that a I'm conserving. Oh, he literally keeps looking for me to be I, like and I yell at bouncing her. off the wall. I'm, I'm yelling at. You should have seen me being... jamming out to "Waiting on a Sunny Day" on my drive into great work. Song from the Rising, cut seven on the Rising. Carolina's mm, of course. One. one of my favorites. It's a great song. Yeah, absolutely. Well, maybe it's a great bike riding song. I got a good bike ride in this. In his morning. most underrated album, The Rising. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I'm a big, big fan of it. Yeah, 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 big fan of it. How you doing? You all right? Good. Yeah, we're good. You know, we're kind of like trying to hit equilibrium of sorts, coming down from obviously a, an exciting Jag season, yeah, but yeah. kind of now pivoting back to some of our capital projects here at 1010 XL in What's the uh, up? Any, multimedia any, department. Talk about. Um, Yes. I don't want to make you scoop yourself. No, no, not at all, because I've talked about it online a little bit, um, yeah. so I don't think I'm scooping anything. But we uh, obviously we are working towards having um, live streams, live streaming of every show, and so oh, cool. we're kind of working our way through the technical and monetary mm-hmm. needs and necessities okay. for that. And so, uh, yeah, while you guys uh, on the Frangie show are going to be on remote tomorrow and Thursday, uh, yeah. there's a chance I may be suspended from the ceiling um, because we're going to be trying to figure out exactly where we will hang cameras. Um, oh, so, in here. Oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah, so cool. I appreciate you guys actually uh, heading <laughs> out to good gone. old Island Wings. Sure thing. And, of course, the River City Rumble on Thursday yeah, yeah, because yeah. that'll uh, that'll give us some time to mess around here in the studio. So uh, I'm kind of like it's the calm before the storm of uh, Engineer Richie and I having to – 
uh, with Graham Marsh Spielberg having to like Very you cool. know get yep. the hammer and nails out in here. So okay. what's going on tonight? To. What are we talking? Oh, about? we got a whole lot of stuff. Obviously, you know we'll wrap up with the uh, we'll we'll wrap up with the uh, Pro Bowl talk, uh, making sure I got the rundown out, and then of course we'll discuss the weekend that was in championship round. Unfortunately, of course, uh, Donna Murphy taking some time off because I would have loved to gotten her take on uh, Brittany Mahomes, yes. Pat Mahomes Senior. Yeah. I know she's probably listening right now and she's going ah yes, um, yes. because yeah, who, who wants to talk about the Mahomes family? We're going to talk about the Mahomes family. And then, of course, we'll also take a look at college basketball, look ahead to the River City Rumble, um, as well as looking to Lauren's gymnastics updates and a whole lot more on helmets and heels. I know we do have that Nick Sirianni clip with his daughter, Wasn't though. Great? We have that earmarked. Um, yeah. I think Taylor Dahl and Lauren sent it to us three times in our group message over the weekend. And I was like, wait, I thought they sent me this video. Oh, oh, oh they sent it again. Really so cool. we're ready for it. You know we're five days out. Yes, I do know we're five days you, you out. Know, you know if you see me in the hall tomorrow, she, she's going to turn around and she's going to great. Frank's going to stalk me again, but I'm just excited about this show. Caroline, are you ready to hear my dedication to said show? So next time that Frangie questions my energy, um, work in the River City Rumble game, 5 o'clock Saturday night. UNF Arena. Yep. Uh, Going to be some special guests, I'm told, uh, from a certain football team, potentially. Very cool. Uh, at that game on Saturday. So Very that'll cool. be fun. Um, getting in my car. I'll have my car packed up already. Yeah. Driving to Orlando. After the game. After the game. Directly right. from okay. UNF Arena to to Orlando with my yeah. buddies. I got a bunch of friends that are going to be down there going to the concert with yeah. me. Okay. Um, wake up Sunday. Hang out in Orlando right. all day. Right. Go to the concert. Drive back immediately after the concert because we have TPC Media Day on Monday, and I will be there for media coverage. I believe they need me there by 8 a.m. Okay, so just, wow. I'm very, impre- very impressive. So that is the dedication. Yeah. I'm conserving the energy okay, okay. for the marathon of this weekend. Okay, if, if the concert's over, mm-hmm. he's done his third encore, Yes. and you see my wife drag me out of there and I'm stupid drunk, will you be embarrassed? Um, no, because I'm going to be all the way in the nosebleed, so I probably won't even be able to know it's you. <laughs> Fair enough. Mia, thanks. Mia Thank O'Brien, you. Uh, Helmets and Heels. Comes up right now. Mia, Taylor, and Lauren will have that for you. Folks, that's our program. Don't go anywhere. Tomorrow, live from Island Wing Company on the south side. That's right. Right over here on the south side. So uh, we're looking forward to that. And then we will be at the Rumble. I'm looking forward. I love a Rumble. Uh, We'll be at the first round of the Rumble because that's during the week of Thursday night or UNF at JU. We're out here. For Hayes, Lauren, and Gibby, I'm Frank Franzi. So long.